Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing underdog fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Attention. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL prime time featuring Joe C. And then he couldn't fire his glutes later. Matt Hayes. I like dudes. Mia O'Brien. Can you take me higher? And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. How you like me? What in the name of Dave Campo were they doing in Dallas yesterday? Oh, my gosh. Historic performance from those cowpokes. The Dallas Cowboys giving up a ton to the Green Bay Packers. Who's the hottest team after week one? The wild card, super wild card weekend. Not all done just yet, but the Packers, the Texans, Detroit. You can go on and on as far as those that are the talk of the town. This time a year ago, Trevor Lawrence had battled back from four turnovers and came back from 27 down to beat the L.A. Chargers. A lot has changed since then, that's for sure. They ain't the AFC South champs no more. And the Houston Texans, well, they were already a darling with the play of C.J. Stroud. They might be even more of that as they dispatched flipping Flacco in the Cleveland Browns. Welcome in a Mokama Beer Company Monday, XL Primetime Minus. Big Cersei will be back tomorrow, but we've got all sorts of things to look back on from the weekend and look ahead. Still more snow planned up in Buffalo, but they're going to play this afternoon at 4.30. So we got all sorts of chatter, including the defensive coordinator position for your Jacksonville Jaguars. Where are they going next? But I'll just start off with this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I saw more rookies make more plays. I saw more young rosters constructed by general managers look like they are playoff ready and ready to make a deep run. The Detroit Lions will host another playoff game. That has I don't believe that's happened in their history of the franchise, which is just hard to believe. Uh, but a well-played game between the Lions and the Rams last night, and the Lions play on. So, so much to look back on. Uh, as we start this off, uh, Maybe we'll ask this on X. The biggest surprise as far as your super wild card weekend, the thing that got you the most, and we can at least throw some nominees up there. Was it the Houston Texans destroying the Cleveland Browns? Was it the Packers going in and doing what they did to the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, and simply said, stated, Matt Stafford came back to Detroit and Jared Goff took care of business with the Detroit Lions against his, well, against his adversary at the same position. But did he really? In the first mm-hmm. half, he did. Mm-hmm. In the first half, Jared Goff looked great. In the second half, it did feel like you can't help. And I understand, Joe, you love your Detroit yeah. Lions. Those but are my Lions. You can't help but set, like, it felt like they were holding on for dear life. I mean, yeah. 96 total offensive yards at one point. But honestly. Midway through the fourth it, quarter. This is the, that's the way most games are played uh, regular season or postseason, you're going to get that wave from the other team that you have to answer. And I tell you what, defensively, they put a hurt 
on Matthew Stafford, and 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 the refs weren't tossing any flags, which kind of blew my mind. But they justice came. for Puka, by the yeah, way, yeah. justice for Puka. Oh well, look, you guys know I've been raving about this guy forever. He sets a rookie receiving record, rookie uh, yardage record, touchdowns, on and on and on. Uh, and the guy, and I'm looking right now at the guys in their depth chart that are rookies or first or second year guys. And you can go with Turner and Young, two draft picks on the defensive side of the football, of course, Puka. And it just drives me crazy that these football teams are getting major contributions out of guys that just basically got off of the draft bus, Matt, and instantly came in and started making plays. For well, teams. I mean, I, I think you look, it's not just that. And I, and I completely agree with you that, that the drafting is just I – mean, if you look at what the Texans, the Texans draft, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the players they had in that game – that made big-time plays. Stroud, Will Anderson, Stingley, Petrie, uh, um, Christian Harris, Jonathan Grenard, Tank Dell, who's not there anymore because he's injured, Nico Collins, Damian Pierce, also injured, but still an elite guy for them. Toa Toa, Brevin Jordan, Xavier Hutchinson, right down the list, guys they drafted that are impact guys for them. Mm. And I'm watching that game, and I'm thinking, that's how you build a franchise. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's hard to see that and to see the Lions and think, all right, and then on top of all that, the whole operation is smooth. They're operationally sound. They're not jumping off sides. There's no pre-snap penalties. There's no dumb holds on a jet sweep. They're operationally sound, and they're smart in the way they play. Yeah. It's completely different is what it is. The Los Angeles Rams in particular are such a fascinating case because they weren't supposed to be here. They weren't supposed to be a point away covering the spread. Yes, uh, I'm glad I stuck with the Los Angeles Rams after all in our picks on Friday. Um, In the first round in the Super Wildcard weekend against the Detroit Lions. It wasn't supposed to happen this way because this was a group that had 45 rookies on its 90-man roster. 45 first-year players. I want to run through the offensive line in particular for the Los Angeles Rams because I think it speaks to your point, Joe, Mm -hmm. about needing your rookies to contribute, but it also speaks to development. So let's go from left to right. Um, We'll begin with kind of like a two-man platoon of sorts that they have at left tackle. Alaric Jackson, the Iowa Hawkeye, of course, has to, you know, we got to begin with him. Left tackle, played a little bit of left guard last year. He is in his third season, was an undrafted free agent after suffering an injury his final season at Iowa. He shares that left tackle spot with Joe Noteboom, who was drafted in the third round by the Los Angeles Chargers in 2018. And so he's been around the block for a little bit as well. Let's move right on down the line. Steve Avila, um, or Avila? Yeah, yeah Avila, I think it's a second-round draft pick second round, is all sec- I really know. Right, right, second-round draft pick <laughs> yeah. from 2023. Yeah. Uh, 36th overall pick. So that was rookie. Okay, yeah. so we get that. So let's, let's keep by going. by the way, that's at an important position that this team really couldn't answer the entire year. Correct. So now we go to the center. Brian Allen. Not Brian Allen in Lake City, coach right. in Columbia, or who played for the Seminoles. Brian Allen, the center, fourth-round pick of the Los Angeles Rams in 2018. Yeah. Did you hear anything about him when they won the Super Bowl in 2021? No. Okay. Um, Kevin Dotson, fourth-round pick of the Steelers in 2020. So, again, has been around the block, was kind of floating around. That's their right guard. And then the right tackle, Rob Havenstein, was a second-round pick of the St. Louis Rams in 2015. Yeah, and you can go down. The point the line. is, is that it's not just rookies that are suddenly contributing. There are a couple, but it's also guys that they developed that you didn't even know were on this roster, and they have developed them, or they've gone out and they've found guys on the street, they've plug and played them, and the system and the foundation is so strong 
that it doesn't matter who the names on the back of the jersey. All right, so are. let me let me say this real quick: Stroud, Anderson, Stingley, all first round picks, mm-hmm. nailed them. Mm-hmm. First round picks are so critical. How often does this franchise nail first round picks? Right. Okay, not very often. Petrie, second round pick. Mechie, second round pick. Christian Harris, third round pick. Jonathan Grenard, third round pick. Tank Dell, third round pick. Nico Collins, third round pick. Mm-hmm. Damian Pierce, fourth round pick. Toe Toe, fifth round. Brevin Jordan, fifth round. Xavier Hutchinson, sixth round. The further they go, they're still developing players. Yeah, and, and, and both of these teams are great examples, and the Detroit Lions is another one that I will get on and, and, and love on uh, because the, the general managers, and you can go Les Snead, you can go obviously Brad Holmes up in Detroit who has done a tremendous job. We'll play a soundbite from the locker room when Dan Campbell gives out game balls. And then you can go – to the Houston Texans where whenever they cleaned house, they needed to make a decision, and they went and they – and not only is the new regime making hay down at Houston, it's the past regime with Cesario when he was going and getting some of the guys that Matt's describing, uh, and, and no bigger – is Nico and, and that it's guy. It's also development too. I yeah. don't want to minimize what coaches right. do with these guys. Oh it's, no, it's, no, but but now it's just like college where it's recruiting and development in the NFL. It's drafting and, but, and development. But now you're talking about two different coaching staffs that have had hands on these players. Uh, and, and you can go back if we want to go back in time. The thing that drives you crazy is getting guys in Duval and not developing them. And I think that's the biggest. Uh, it, it ticks off all of Duval. And you guys hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. If you do want to pop off, you can definitely do that. Uh, hit the pop-off line, 207-7071, a little mo-mo-mo on a Makama Beer Company Monday because you have to compare this football team to everybody else that's out there. If you have dreams and designs on going and playing for championships, you have got to look at what you have and what you don't have, and compare it to what they have, that that the the ultimate recipe is to play on in the postseason. That is it. Nothing else. And when you think about it, it drives you a little crazy. Can I say something? Mm-hmm. If Nick Casario didn't go, what was it, eight for eight in this past April's NFL draft, if he didn't bat a 1,000, his head's probably on the chopping block, is it not? Well, they cleaned house and they kept him. And so, yeah, perhaps. Let's go through. Let's go through. Because here's the, the truth of the matter. Jalen Petrie, great pick last year in the second round. Derek Stingley Jr., great pick in the first round. Kenyon Green, eh, been hurt this year. We'll see. John Mechie, obviously an unfortunate situation um, because he was diagnosed with leukemia immediately after being drafted. It's an unfortunate situation. Christian Harris, Damian Pierce, great picks. But then we go to that Nico Collins draft. What was Nico Collins before C.J. Stroud rolled into Houston? Not a lot. What was Brevin Jordan before C.J. Stroud rolled into Houston? A developing tight end. What was Jonathan Grenard before he had Will Anderson opposite him? Mm -hmm. Ross Blacklock, their second-round pick in 2020, he's playing for the Titans now after a brief cup of coffee here in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. And so the point is is that you have to commend Nick Casario, and the reason that we're having this litany of Texans picks that we're saying looks great right now, because he hit on almost everybody in this draft class in 2023. Yeah. And that opened and unlocked other players. That's what I'm saying when I'm talking about the Rams and development. It is about un- you get certain foundational pieces that unlock other areas. Nico Collins is not doing what he's doing if Davis Mills is still his quarterback. Yeah, look, or, see, or if yeah. he had a different quarterback. You know, talk about a guy unlocking things. It is that quarterback more than anything else. I mean, this cat has shown a tremendous yeah, but amount of But you have poise. to pick the yeah. quarterback. Yeah, exactly. You have to pick the right quarterback. It's yeah. not as simple as saying, well, they picked that guy. Right. 
Right. At some point, when you're at two or three or four, year after year after year, you have to pick the right guy. Well, you add up the number of draft picks that are in the top ten, and you add up what teams have done with them. Jacksonville has failed more often than not with the luxury of top ten picks. The luxury. And let's go back and think about what the L.A. Rams have done. The L.A. Rams did a I'll give you a bunch for one guy deal with Matthew Stafford. The L.A. Rams did I'll give you two first-rounders for Jalen Ramsey. The L.A. Rams said I'll give you whatever you want. Let's go get Vaughn Miller. Let's go get OBJ. You know, all these different things that, that, that went down with them. Not having a first-round pick since having Jared Goff as their number one overall pick going all the way back to when, 2016. And so it's nuts to think what Les Snead has been able to do. And we mentioned Puka, which I he he's my poster child, okay? Parker versus Puka, okay? And that's where they were. Parker went, what, eight picks later, something in that neighborhood after Puka's Puka. fourth rounder, correct? Fifth, fifth rounder. Fifth. Fifth, Tank, fifth rounder. Tank stays healthy the entire season. He might have as good a season as Puka this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that type of guy. Drafted, rounder. Yeah, drafted a little bit later on. And, and the other thing, when I go back to what the L.A. Rams have done, is they've done this without first-round picks. Without them. And then you take a look at what Detroit has done with what they were given. They were given those extra draft picks to go load up. Jameer Gibbs, they move up and make sure that they get a guy that they want. You can go down the line with the Brian Branches of the world, on and on and on with the playmakers that they have gotten. Remember I mentioned Amon Ra St. Brown three years ago was a third round. I'm almost positive he was a third-round draft pick. Anyway, he's had over 300 catches in three years. All you want to talk about year. a stud? All pro this year. And Jamison Williams. They took a chance on him because he was coming he's off an injury. to come, too. Yeah, oh, my gosh. He's, he's on the come, yeah. baby. I mean, that dude is, you know, you get the brilliance along with the speed when he is completely comfortable with the, with the knee, which is what he's had to, you know, battle through. Oh, my gosh, that guy is something else. Then go to Sam Laporta. Just go on and on and on with the guys that they have made plays with, and it drives you a little batty. Six four one ten ten. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Look into the. Let's get to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I expect uh, you can fire up of that if you want, JJ. But I don't need it just now. But I expect that. Just start it off. Just give me that first part of it, just for a second. That just happened. That's going to come at some point during our show with Mike McCarthy. Is it not? It has to. Jerry Jones has to be beside himself thinking, I have said so many good things and glossy things about Big Mike, thinking that this is going to be our year. Uh, I finally relented and retired uh, or put Jimmy Johnson in my ring of honor, and this is what I get. Uh, Dak Prescott, while he did not play well, he did not play well, had some junkyards late, and you certainly can, can throw some criticism his way. That defense, if I have it right, Dan Quinn is one of the hot candidates from the defensive side of the football to go take over one of these seven spots, seven openings that are out there. And they gave up on first down over nine yards of play. Just imagine, just imagine if you let that go down in a postseason game where you have averaged close to 40 points at home and you let that go down against Jordan Love, first ever position. Uh, for him well, in the postseason. Well, it's not just Jordan Love. 
Oh, there's so many others. I'm just well, saying he no, was no, the no, guy. No, no. The, right. He's he was the, the trigger man he's against the tr- that defense. He's the, right. Yeah. He's the one throwing the passes. This postseason, and again, we will see how the San Francisco 49ers perform, but between Bobby Slowick, the offense coordinator for the Houston Texans, between Matt LaFleur, the head coach and play caller for the Green Bay Packers, this postseason so far has been a testament to the Kyle Shanahan tree and what they are able to do, how they scheme guys open. I mean, the Y leak to mm-hmm. Musgrave for the touchdown, I mean, that was just completely blown coverage by the Cowboys. But schematically, how Matt LaFleur has blended what he did with Aaron Rodgers, what he did previously under the Shanahan regime, yeah. and found a way to make it work for Jordan Love and a bunch of receivers who up to this point, yes, their they're names, quote-unquote, but they're all under the age of 25. They're not household names by any stretch of the imagination outside of the well, Midwest. Yeah. And I think it is truly a testament to what that whatever the brain trust is out there in San Francisco, if you're the Jags, if you're anybody else that's looking for something to jumpstart your offense, you got to go, go get one of those play callers. So listen to at least in the first couple of rounds for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Jalen Reed, a first-rounder. Dontavious Wicks, a second-rounder. Luke Musgrave, who was wide-A open, uh, a first uh, excuse me, uh, came in this draft in the second round. Uh, Tucker Craft in the third round. And you can go on and on down the line. Jalen Reed was a second-round draft pick, but has instantly made his name known. And the other part of it, the thing that gets you more than anything else, yeah, Jordan Love has sat for three years. He's learned. He's matured. He's been second-guessed. He's been I, – I second-guessed him. I thought he had arrived. Then I started second-guessing him again. And then the go, uh, to go out and do what he did, and against pressure, against pressure, seven of eight with a massive amount of big plays. Ended up finishing 16 of 21, uh, and he hit – almost everybody in his route tree. It's just nuts what he was able to do. And you can go down the line on the defensive side of the football, uh, what they've been able to do as well. And so you know who that is? That's Gudikins, who Aaron Rodgers wanted to dispatch. Okay? So, Brian, I don't know your last name, if I'm saying it correctly or not, is now right now looking pretty good. And you are correct with Matt LaFleur because we had this discussion about whether or not he was going to be able to look good minus A.A. Ron. Hey, Ron may be beating down the door again to get back uh, up there. He you have to admit. Never I mean, to, be fair, to be fair, that's also on LaFleur, the development of Correct. Jordan Love. He, no, I'm saying he – Because he made, was lost the yeah, first two years. Yeah. And, and I, but he was under Matt LaFleur this, that entire time. Right, so it's right. not like – But now he was the man, and they had to ride with him. And they developed I, him. I give LaFleur a ton of credit. You, you have to admit, there is so much irony in the fact that the Packers, during Aaron Rodgers, what, 15 years there, mm-hmm. never drafted an offensive pl- skill player in the first or second round, I think yeah. it was, something like that. Yeah, it was the, the very first, first offseason that he's gone. They go, wait for it. Here's mm-hmm. how they went. They went edge rusher in the first round. Don't worry. They stuck with tradition, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Everything's okay. Tight end, wide receiver, tight end, defensive end, quarterback, wide receiver, like, you just can't make this up. They went with five of their first eight picks because they had a treasure and, trove of picks, and, and, maybe, they go, and they go all offense. Yeah, maybe they were sticking it to him just a little bit, but the beautiful thing about what A.A. Ron did when he was up there is he would make chicken salad out of chicken poop, and, and he, they, would, they wouldn't necessarily toss him all the tools, but he still could make it happen. And, of course, he had the luxury of Devontae Adams for, for – the last handful of big years that he had up there, but how many great players was he able to throw the football to? And then he goes out, and when he leaves, they go out there and they say, we got to restock this cupboard. But honestly, 
I would uh, Romeo Dobbs. I would I would rename myself. I, I try and rename every player out there. Uh, I, I would be a dupe. I would just be an absolute dupe because that dude is a doobie. Okay, and he's made plays. A Wicks doobie? has made is plays. That what you said doob? Yeah, yeah. That's what I would have. I would have changed my name legally. I would have said I'm a doobie. Uh, but, no, he's a dub. Yeah, yeah. It's a or, dub. or a dub too. That's fine. Judge you can go with John that. Dubs. We yep. always say that on this show. Yep. You can go with that. But I'm just thinking, dude. a dub. Come on, man. Uh, but he made plays. Wicks made plays. Reed made plays. And and heck, we haven't even mentioned Christian Watson because he hasn't been 100 percent healthy. Why are we going down this road? Yeah. The, we have the to. obvious is the obvious. The Cowboys were a more talented team. Yeah. They had the better quarterback, and they got annihilated. Yeah, they yep. did. Yeah. That's seven the pro, road to go Seven down, pro okay? bowlers oh, to that's zero. What, that's how we started. They gave up 48 points more than – how many games did Coach Campo call on defense before he, you'd have to add up to 48 points in the postseason? What was Dak doing? Yeah, Dak's at fault, but like I said earlier, pay, please pay attention to this one. That defense gave up nine-plus yards per play on I first down. I get it, but when your quarterback's turning the ball over, when your quarterback's, was, when your quarterback's making – Third and six throws look like they're third and twenty one. Yeah, throws. He, he was he was terrible. Terrible. He was terrible. But how did they get to twenty seven nothing? Both sides of the ball. No, Aaron, no, Aaron I, Jones. I don't, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, if you have an offense that can actually score points, you can sort of slow tempo a little they, bit, they, give your defense a chance to like find something out that works on the sideline instead of going right back out there again. They had scored an average of forty points per game at home. They were the yeah. only. Only yeah. unbeaten team at home coming into the postseason. And that happened. Oh, my gosh. All right, we got plenty more to get into. You guys jump in. 641-1010, Mokama Beer Company. We were there on Friday. Had a great time. You could always have a good time serving coffee every single day. And then Tuesday through Sunday, they make sure those taps are ready to roll with all sorts of great creations. Make sure you check out mokama.com, especially if you're heading out and picking up some craft uh, as you celebrate anything. You can look for them. ABC and Total, or you can head on up to Fernandina right there on South 8th Street. And they really want you to know about their wildlife location, which is a satellite location. Still plenty of room, about 7,000 square feet with all that great craft right there in wildlife up in Nassau County. XL Primetime, stay on this subject, and then we'll get into the latest in the college football world where now Florida's pick next year to replace Billy Napier. <laughs> Is already gone. He gone to Washington. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, no, it's not the Mike McCarthy that, although we are hoping that it does happen in the next three hours while it's we are with happen. you on XL Primetime. Um, this name was rumored to be a potential Jaguars defense coordinator target last week. Uh, now official, according to Jeremy Fowler, that Titans defense coordinator Shane Bowen will interview for the Jaguars Open D.C. job later this week. We do know that Wink Martindale, the former D.C. of both the New York Giants and the Baltimore Ravens, will have a two-day interview with the Jaguars tomorrow into Wednesday. Wink does own a house in Bradenton, and so obviously I think it's a two-day because he'll probably just drive up here. Uh, you know, one thing that is uh, at least making the rounds among coaching circles is Wink Martindale and what happened, what didn't happen, what went wrong up in New York. Uh, you would describe Wink as a risk taker, uh, a good name, but also one that may not uh, win over favor over time. So I'm just hearing in these coaching circles that uh, if Doug Peterson goes in the Wink Martindale route, he needs to be cautious, cautious 
uh, because you want to give the reins on that side of the ball to a guy that can take control and mold young men into being damn good defenders. And Well, that's part of the issue is yeah. I think Wink does that. He just does it with a little bit more of an iron fist than the Jaguars have ever seen from a coordinator. Yeah, it just it, But from what we heard from Doug Peterson last week, they needed to button things up and they needed someone who's going to be an enforcer and is going to hold guys accountable. There is no question Wink Martindale is going to do that. Yeah, just the thing I'm worried about, at least, you know, when you start to hear some things is that he's a guy who may finger point. Uh, and you, I don't know whether I would use the word backstab, but finger point. Uh, and then you have problems, okay? Brian Dable's on the offensive side. Wink Martindale's on the defensive side. And you can't have a guy that's going to say, it ain't me, it's you type of situation. And I do think you got to be at least a little bit concerned about that when you name Wink but Martindale. Do you, do you mean like by calling players out? or you mean- uh, not, not like you could, like Mia saying, you can coach guys hard. But if you sit there and constantly excuse your way out say of situation. Say if our offense is yeah, better, we yeah. wouldn't. Because look. It was not a good situation or offensively. I, I can't argue with that. Uh, they paid over $40 million to keep Daniel Jones there. They made that decision. But Dable was coach of the year based on what he did with Danny Dimes a season ago. And Wink was the D.C. that yeah. year that Dable was coach of the year. Yeah, and then you had the injury, the Tommy DeVito, the Tyrod Taylor. Well, take a look at what they were able, to, at the very least, to do with Tyrod down the stretch. Bottom line is – is that there are personalities that are very strong in the National Football League. And Doug Peterson, you would not describe him as this I'm going to rule with an iron fist type of guy. No. So you need to make sure you get the right guy on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, you want players to respond, but you got to get the right guy. But again, so that's where I think there's two schools of thought. You, you, If Doug believes, which is what I've been told, he can fix whatever issues there are on offense. He just needs to dedicate himself to the offense after this year in which he freed himself up by handing the plate calling to Press Taylor so he could explore and ensure that every other side of the ball was taken care of. From what I have gathered and I have been told, his focus is going to be the offense. So in terms of hiring someone to be his DC, he needs someone who's going to operate in a silo. Preferably, I would think that means a veteran guy. Maybe it doesn't, though, because when you look at some of the other names outside of Wink Martindale, outside of Ejero Vero, who unfortunately, because David Tepper is still clutching to his pearls, uh, has not been granted an interview with the Jacksonville Jaguars yet because of that $300,000 fine, perhaps, maybe, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, the other names that have been reported to be interviewing with the Jaguars, from Marque Emanuel, who was a former D.C. at one point in time, um, played for eight seasons as a DB, has been a part of the Jets' organization the last few years Chris Harris the passing game coordinator and cornerbacks coach for the Titans of course Chris Hewitt the longtime defensive pass game coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens who did interview with the Jaguars over the weekend per John Harbaugh those are all guys that would be in that younger mold Wink is the only real veteran guy outside of right. Averro and Ryan Nielsen in Atlanta who also has not been granted an interview with the Jaguars just yet though those two guys are younger but they've been DCs before. Yeah, Emmanuel I, kind of falls into that. But otherwise, you're you're looking at a lot of guys, and I guess Bowen, who, you know, who apparently is going to interview later this week, he also is in that camp. But otherwise, some of these other names would be first-time DCs. Well, at the very least, Bowen's learning under Mike Vrabel. He's kind of getting the game plan, the architect. Vrabel never coached under Bill Belichick but played under him. And obviously, defenses up in Tennessee have been pretty solid. I, I don't know the exact hybrid 
of what I want, Matt, when it comes to the, the defensive coordinator? Uh, do I want old, tried and true? Do I want young, innovative, aggressive? Uh, do I want the guy who can identify with players but also uh, make them work? Uh, or do I want the old guy that says, you know what, I can give me whoever and I can defend? I don't know exactly what the right recipe is, but I just know that Doug's got to get it right and he needs to pay as much attention to the offensive side of the football as he possibly can. Yeah, and that's kind of dovetails into exactly what I'm getting ready to say. I'm trying to wrap my mind around this, that Doug gave Press Taylor the play-calling duties so he could concentrate more on the rest of the team. But at the end of this season, <laughs> the rest of the team is where all the firings happen, mm-hmm. not the offense. Right, and it devolved. So if so if that's the if that's the case that he did that so he could have more input on the rest of the team, then the fair's got to fall at his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This, so this for is anyone, his all you guys out there that say no, you can't rip Doug Peter. Yes, you can. This is his product. Yes, you can. Yeah. Especially if what Mia says is true that he gave the 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 the, the play calling duties to Press Taylor so he could focus more on the rest of the team, including the defense, mm-hmm. including the special teams, yeah. including mistakes, including being prepared every single game on all three phases of the game. What you're supposed to do. Right? Including being motivated when you're playing a team that you should beat by two touchdowns. Right? Right. And this so, isn't, this so isn't then, me reporting that. He said that right, right. aloud. No, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, so my point is he's as much a fault as anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And that's why it, it, it's always going to fall at the feet of the head coach. It shouldn't be lost on him that it was a fail. He, I, the one credit I do give him is that he was swift in his decision-making at the end of the year. Could he have done it earlier? I don't know. Should he have fired his defensive coordinator midway through? Uh, we can use examples of other teams that did, and you can go to the other side of the ball with Ken Dorsey being bounced up in Buffalo and Joe Brady being elevated, and it, it, it mattered. It changed. You know what else, Josie? I'm, I'm also tired of the – well. You guys remember where this franchise was? Do you remember when they were eight and three after eleven games? Yeah, I remember I, that. I don't care where it was. Yeah. Was means nothing. Right. Now and the future means everything. Yeah, because your expectations changed heading into the season based on what happened last season. I mean, your of course they do. Yeah, your expectations change when you won five of six down the stretch, when you claimed your first AFC. When you go and when you South go into Crown. a Monday night game for yeah. the first time in how long was it? Twelve yeah. years? Yeah, yeah. Okay, against a team that's missing its best player. Right, right. right? They were burrowless. With, with, oh, by the way, a chance to have the number one overall seed. And that happened. And you lose the game. Yeah, yeah. And and so, no, there's no mistaking, no getting away from what you're looking at that you absolutely have to say, Doug, this is yours. Yes. And by the way, up up in Philly, he was the type of football player that he put out there was tough. Would fight to the end, would not stop. And, and all right, let's let's do the ten ten take real quick because I do think this kind of pairs up a little bit. Now, Josie's ten ten take, slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmaster since sixty eight. Recipes mean something. I continue to say that when it comes to Sonny's because it's tried and true. They've been around for a long, long time, and you can head on into any one of your area Sonny's and always get that same great barbecue, those barbecue beans, the garlic bread, on and on and on. You can count on all of them. Uh, Here's the thing is that this football team, when you're trying to find the toughness, the character, the culture, all those things, it's Doug Peterson who was responsible for it, and it's also the guy that is, let's use Bill Parcells' term, shopping for the groceries. So I want you to listen to this. 
this is Dan Campbell who has created a culture in Detroit and Brad Holmes, who is his general manager, and listen to the game ball presentation. You'll hear Dan Campbell, and then you will also hear Brad Holmes, the general manager. We'll be here at 3 o'clock, back at Ford Field, because you guys f***ing earned it. Dude, how electric was it out there? I'm telling you what, it doesn't get any better. It's everything you dream of, and then more. I'm telling you guys, it's a shitty business. It ain't always perfect, but we, but we do a pretty good job. Dude. Right. But without this f***ing guy right here, man, Brad Holmes. I absolutely love every single person in this room, man. We were intentional on being about grit, all right, and earning it. I love everybody in here, man. We went through darkness and it shaped us, all right? It shaped us for this moment. I love y'all, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay, so pair up, we went through darkness. What we did was intentional. And this team, do you think they dealt with darkness? Uh, No, that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Part of the problem is they, they... Flew too close to the sun too soon. If yeah. anything, I well, think that's the the that's the calling that like that's the that's the big question right now in Jacksonville is where did you get lucky last year? You thought you right. arrived and then you rested on your laurels. Okay, but and I get what you're saying. I think the thing that gets me more than anything else is that there are other teams that are upstarts and then they stick around. And Detroit is one of those teams. Detroit now Detroit did miss the postseason last year, but at the same time they were building something. That's why I made them my Lions uh, heading into this year. But I, I can't say, hey, you arrived early and, and you got spoiled off of that. It's you have to drive individuals. You have to make them better on a daily basis. And this comes to the coaching staff. It comes to the individual players themselves. Uh, because all you have to look at, and Leon says it all the time, it is mano a mano. It is a fist fight with every player against his opponent on every play. And this football team physically got bruised, battered, beaten up the last quarter of the season. No, I think the the biggest thing that I take away from Brad Holmes' comments is that we intentionally built this thing around grit. Mm-hmm. They stripped it down. They said, this is what we're going to be, and there was a plan. That's what I come away with. Oh, that, I'm, the, I'm that, coming that, away with the exact same thing. Right. That That's what I, I look at this but as. But think about this, Mia. That is him selecting the talent. Right. Him being, selecting the head coach as well. Yeah, being very, very smart with the direction that they went in, and then Dan Campbell creating, not just Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell creating that character of toughness and commitment. And, and last night, last night, they probably should have gotten the flag. They beat the hell out of Matthew Stafford. They almost wrecked Tyler Higby. Probably, probably did wreck Tyler Higby to the point where Matt Stafford was wanting to fight one of the defensive players uh, because of what they did. And he did go at the knee. There's no getting away from it. But at the same time, that's the toughness. That's the part where we're going to step on a field and we're not gonna we're gonna outwork you. And by the way, like toughness doesn't have to be your identity. Your identity could be, I mean, like look at the the Rams, you know, the greatest show on turf. Mm-hmm. Your identity could be we are going to outscore you. Mm-hmm. Your identity could be we're gonna run the ball down your throat. Your identity could be we have so many playmakers everywhere. Like like it doesn't have to be this grit. Like I know that's a big buzzword in twenty twenty four, but like it could be something else. It could just be smart, sound football. Oh, yeah. We're not going to have penalties or we're going to tackle well. We're, like, I go back to even what Corky Rogers, and I understand this is the high school level, but at bowls, I've had multiple high school coaches in our area say this, that Corky used to let teams come to bowls practice during the postseason after their teams have been eliminated. 
Because he said, it's not like you're going to steal my stuff. Even if you steal my stuff, my team is still going to be operating so soundly and be so functional and be so good at what they do that it doesn't matter. And maybe that's your identity. It doesn't have to be bully ball. It doesn't have to be eating kneecaps. You just have to have one. And as 466 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures points out, the Lions have an identity. What is the Jaguars? Yeah, this will be the burning question again. Because at the end of last year, the comeback cats, cardiac cats, all this stuff that you that you heard and 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 repeated, and it was always the Jags and and all that, because they were developing an identity that you could not the the nine lives theory. You couldn't off them. They were gonna keep fighting, and I just can't get over the idea that there was so much overconfidence in the locker room, and we've had players suggest it. And, and we've seen it. We've witnessed it where they couldn't win the battles that they needed to win. The Dallas Cowboys, you could describe the Dallas Cowboys as one of the most overconfident, underachieving teams in the biggest of moments. You can, okay? Just take a look at what we, what we said earlier, or I said to Jaguars today. They set the record, first team ever in NFL history, to win a dozen games three straight years and not make it to the championship round. That is piss poor, okay? And Mike McCarthy had everything going into this game that you wanted. Strong home field record, the only team, only team that came into the postseason without a loss at home. And they were averaging 39 points, whatever it was. Uh, They were destroying people on the carpet at Jerry's World. And defensively, they were mashing people. Well, they bring in a guy that you didn't know whether he would respond or kind of curl up in a fetal position in Jordan Love. He'd never been in this position before. And it looked like Dak that was the inexperienced one and Love was the poised one. And that defense was just dreadful. And so that's what you have. Mike McCarthy had it all going his way and couldn't get it done. I I, I think you honestly had a team that went out there and thought, we're better than them. Yep. We're just going to beat them. They're not that good. Jordan Love's not that good. We're just going to beat them, mm-hmm. which is not unlike what this t- this team did a few times this year. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that's why I say it's if, – if Doug Peterson is saying, I'm giving the, the, the reins to press Taylor so I can focus on other stuff, part of that other stuff is motivation. Mm-hmm. Part of that other stuff is getting a team ready to play, prepared mentally and physically to play a game, period. And and I, and I do agree with Leon. At some point, it's it's incumbent on the players to go yeah. do it. Yeah. But look, we are who we are. It's the human condition. You need motivation. Mm-hmm. And the guy that's motivating should be the head coach. Uh, Bucky Brooks, NFL media sideline guy, part of your Jaguars broadcast team. You can look this up pretty easy. Uh, he did the top five NFL draft classes from 2023. He did this going into the last week of the regular season. This was the first week of January, and he put his classes together, and I would love for him to tell us where he would put the Jaguars draft class, um, but that's not included here. Uh, he went in in order as far as the best draft classes that were put together out there, and this is the part that kind of gets you more than anything else, is that when you're putting – when you're assigning a rank next to a team and you're recognizing that at the top of the list – that rookies are contributing immediately. This is not, hey, I'm looking back at 2020 draft class. Anyway, he puts the Detroit Lions number one, number one with what Brad Holmes was able to do. Obviously, they had 
extra seed money in the draft because they had gotten those picks off of the off of the uh, L.A. Rams by dealing Matt Stafford, but they got a hell of a lot out of those picks that they made. And you can go to Jack Campbell, Brian Branch, Sam Laporta, uh, on and on and on. Second on Bucky Brooks's list, the Houston Texans. Third on Bucky Brooks's list, and this is the top draft classes from 2023, the Green Bay Packers. And you can go down the line because he they went out there and they got Jaden Reed, Dontavious Wicks, Malik Heath, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, uh, on and on and on. And then the next on the list, without a first-round pick, the L.A. Rams. Those are teams that we saw with personnel that were brand new to the squad step up and make plays over this weekend. Uh, every one of them. It's, I mean, honestly, it, it's a mindset right now. And, and you could hear from that clip of Dan Campbell in the, in the postgame locker room, it's a mindset. It's the mindset this team had last year. So the question then becomes, how did it fall away? Mm-hmm. How did you lose what you had last year? You had that, I mean, I don't, magic, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You had that re- reality of, okay, we're all going to focus on this thing. All of us are. There's not going to be some of us over here or some of us over there or some of us worrying about this contract or that contract. We're all on the same goal, yeah. which is where the Lions are right now. Yes. 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 So, I mean, you had it last year. Why didn't you have it this year? Mm-hmm. When you're 8-3 and three and everything's ahead of you and you've got a Monday night football game for the first time in 12 years against a team that's without its starting quarterback, what happened? That's the question, I think, more than anything. It's, we can talk about injuries. We can talk about the offensive line was constantly changing and they lost mm-hmm. Christian Kirk and at the end of the day, what happened? Why did you lose that edge that you had the year before? And think about it. At that point, your remaining schedule, you could lose two-thirds of them. Yep. You, if could you had lose. just won that one yeah. game. Yeah, you could lose two-thirds of them. All you need to do is win two of six, and you couldn't do it. You won one of six. So here's a question off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure. So how does Doug Peterson light a fire under Trevor Lawrence and get him to put more time and energy uh, in preparation. That's a fair question. It's a very fair question. And, That's why he's paid the money he is, because I don't know the answer to you. No, because, and look, uh, Trevor said, uh, I don't even, I'm trying to think of how far back we're going because you've been been there. But anyway, I got to clean up the mistakes. I got to clean up the right. errors. And I think there is, like, the school of thought, and I read the stats off last week mm-hmm. about, like, they crossed the, the mid, like, they crossed the 50 118 times last year, and I think 25% of those then opportunities, yeah. they scored on 52% of them, and then 25% of them were turnovers. Like, if you just change That's, that number, yeah. they probably win half of those remaining six games. So I do agree there is I, something to so, Doug's point of if we can clean that up and we can tackle, then at the very least you're a double-digit win team with the talent you allegedly have. Yeah, I, I'd like to know where that number ranks. I don't know if we can get it, but where? how many times did they live on the opponent's side of the 50? versus the rest of the league, because you go back to the Tampa game, it took them flipping forever to get to the Tampa side of the field. And it was just endless, and then it becomes apparent. So, yeah, I, I, maybe we can find those those numbers. So, back to Trevor, and I, I don't want to make this too simplistic, okay, because, believe me, it's you, know, you guys make funny for his ball is different in person. You know, I, I can remember when he was a junior in high school going to that camp out in San Diego and watching him. different Thank in you, person. JJ. Thank you. And watching him throw, and I, and I had a – Literally, an agent standing right next to me saying, I have never seen a guy that age make that kind of throw. There's 75% of the quarterbacks in our league right now mm-hmm. that can't make that throw. He's a junior in high school, okay? So 
again, I don't want to make this simplistic, but if you go your entire football career where you're the best guy in the field, you can do anything you want with the football, and more times than not, good things are going to happen, even at the collegiate level, okay? And then you get to the NFL. Why would you not? Again, we're dealing with the human condition here. Yep. Why would you not think, all right, I prepared all that way before. Why can't I do the well, same thing the now? Point. This is the point. No, that's, no, that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the point yeah. I'm making. So if it's in your head that, look, I've been so successful all my life, something has to change to make you think, all right, I got to prepare more. And maybe, maybe, how many turnovers this year? 20 what? Total? Eight, what was it, 1918 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it ended up being 21. 21 uh, total yeah. with interceptions yeah. and fumbles. Maybe those 21 turnovers have, like, rattled his cage a little bit mm-hmm. and made him think, all That's right, I've got to prepare different. I have That's, a solution. Yeah. I have a solution <laughs> because as you're describing this situation, Matt, and dare I say it, here I go, um, reminds me of Leonard Fournette after year two. I think it's a different situation. Apples, oranges, but they're all fruit. He left Jacksonville after year two, an injury-riddled year two in 2018, and recognize that he had to prepare differently. Football had always come easy to him. And this is not just – this is Leonard openly spoke with similar, us in the, yeah. in the locker Very room similar, about yeah. this. He went out to Wyoming. Yellowstone was He calling. spent two months on the University of Wyoming's campus working with their strength and conditioning staff, being in the snow, putting himself in an uncomfortable situation. And while certainly the Jaguars only won six games the next year, I don't think that was just because of Leonard. That was because of a lot of other things going on, i.e. the quarterback situation. Best game of his career. Best year, best, best season year of his career. career. Yeah. Yeah. Rushed for over 1,000 yards. Caught 70 passes. Caught 76, caught 70 passes. something like that. It was I mean, crazy. Uh, look, again, so we got to send Trevor to Wyoming. Like, look, and that's I want to be very clear. Trevor is, I, I still think, can be an elite quarterback in this league, okay? He's the real deal. All I'm saying is when you get to that point in the NFL – and you're at the cusp of leading a team to greatness, you've got to do extra. And, you've got to do more. Yeah. And I know he was hurt. Guess what? Everybody's hurt in the NFL. Right. Everyone and, and, and is. Way, every position. He responded to all those challenges when it came to, to being hurt. And, and Of course he, he did. He, he played appears, tough, yes. Yeah, he appears to be a warrior and, like he said, blessed with good genes and, and Stretch Armstrong and all that stuff. But – if you're out on the field, you've got to make the plays. That that really like look at what Matt Stafford went through yesterday. Uh, Geo even said it looked like he was concussed, and the, yeah, they they cleared him. He got right back out Chris there. Chris Collinsworth but, was told, "Shh, shh, yeah. be quiet, be quiet." <laughs> but I'll leave you this: we head in the uh, one o'clock hour of Mokama Beer Company Monday. Trevor is averaging twenty turnovers a season in his first three years. You cannot get away from that, man. No. You no. cannot get away from 60, 61, right, total? He, uh, 21 this year. He had 22, 17, and 21. So. Yeah, that's, you, you cannot get away from that. Yeah. So we, we can, And we all think he's going to be a great player. I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah. But you cannot avoid that number. That number is literally just staring at you like this huge red light. Yeah, because those are the ones that the callous disregard of the football, as Tom Coughlin would say back in the day. Mokama Beer Company, they want to serve you every single day of the week, coffee every day, and they just really crank out some great brew, the atmosphere, the experience at the tap room right there on South 8th Street, and then, of course, craft beer Tuesday through Sunday or pick it up on the shelves. Check it out, mokama.com. <laughs> Mondays on XL Primetime, brought to you by Mokama. Check out their great craft in the tap room at Fernandina Beach. You got the beautiful big tap room, an old 50 cars dealership, and then the Wildlight location also up in Nassau. Make sure you check out both Mokama locations, Wildlight or right there on South 8th. 
It is the 1 o'clock hour, minus Big Sirs. He'll be back manana. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, and J.J. coming out of the weekend. we got to do a little weekend rewind coming up in a little bit. And We've been talking about these games. We won't quit talking about these games, and we won't quit talking about the fact that uh, this time a year ago, uh, it was a victory Monday because this team had come from 27 down uh, to beat the L.A. Chargers. The team that couldn't come back from a 27 down yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys. We will have an update on them because they just completed locker room clean out, and I think there's some news and notes that we're going to need to get to. But before we do, I posed an interesting solution to Trevor Lawrence's turnover woes. Wyoming. Everything that went wrong this past year. Go to Wyoming, as Leonard Fournette did before. Well, one of our nooners – Embarked on a similar pilgrimage, boys. Thank you to 599 for sharing this story. Mm-hmm. I flunked out of UNF and lost my bright future scholarship in one year. I moved to Wyoming, worked on a ranch for a while, and learned what a good work ethic looks like, and I realized I wanted, more, wanted it more. Now I'm on scholarship at UF after some community college. Maybe Wyoming is the secret. Let's get Trevor out there. A uh, round of applause for the 599. That's perseverance. That's fantastic. Yep, and that's uh, believing in yourself. And let me tell you something, young lad, young lady, uh, you ain't the first to flunk out, uh, but you ain't going to make sure – you're going to make sure that you're not a failure, okay? It's certainly you flunk a lad. out, but you're not a failure. I couldn't imagine a lass yeah. moving to <laughs> – Wyoming hey to now, find herself. Yellowstone has <laughs> Yellowstone has inspired thousands around the country, if not millions around yeah, the world. Beth is one of the strongest <laughs> human beings I know. Hey, there okay. were multiple times in the last year in which I would just say, after watching Yellowstone, yeah. this situation needs a Beth. Where yeah. is the Beth? Oh my gosh. We need a Beth and by in the Jacksonville. Way, yes, we are blending Montana and Wyoming, but we don't care. It's the great, it's all the same. Uh, great Sorry, West. Yellowstone. Yeah. All yeah. right, so to the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Jane Slater, NFL Network, currently on your television, but she tweeted out this series of tweets this morning, mm-hmm. kind of laying out what a potential timeline could be for a Mike McCarthy departure. And I think it's important since that is perhaps the biggest sports story in the world today. Will mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys part ways with their head coach? So locker room clean out this morning. They do not expect to talk to Mike McCarthy at all today. She was told that the presser will be after the completion of exit interviews, just like the last three years of Mike McCarthy and like Jason Garrett's reign before him. A source tells Jane Slater that Mike McCarthy had a meeting with his coaches at 11 this morning, players at 12. That's also standard operating procedure. Internally, a lot of people are expressing frustration with another 12-win season and postseason collapse. One source asked, you know, was asked where the decision on McCarthy could go. I have no idea. I imagine all imaginable options will be discussed. And she said she also noted a reminder that after last year's loss, there were changes to the staff. Mm-hmm. Most of those were expiring contracts. Current staff were promoted to fill the void. According to two sources, Mike McCarthy had two years left on his contract last year. The idea of paying him out and then a new head coach and staff wasn't something Jerry Jones was keen on. Does one year feel better? We will see. Also a reminder that Dak praised McCarthy at the podium. The Cowboys will have a hard time moving on from Dak because of his cap hit next year and no trade clause. All of this is trickier and more delicate. than just moving on you know what his trade or excuse me his cap hit is matt next year 59.5 million dollars and they're projected to be about 20 over uh and you've got other guys like uh big tyron smith uh, on his way out stefan gilmore not that big of a deal because he's up in age but anyway some key pieces so yesterday jera when they asked him okay he said i'm gonna let this sink in for 24 hours Mm mm-hmm but he also said, quote, I'm floored. This is beyond my comprehension. 
he's getting fired. Mm-hmm. He's firing McCarthy, and they're going to start over. Mm-hmm. You can't. He's. This is another thing. He's and he has said this many times, by the way. He's getting up in age. He wants to win. You. He only has so it. many more years. He and, wants to see it. All right. Think about this, Bob Kraft. The the thought was, hey. You know, are they going to force the hand? Bill Belichick probably wanted to stay. Is Kraft going to force the hand to turn this whole thing over? Why? In large part because he's getting up in age. Well, guess what? When Bob Kraft got a hold of that bad boy, they promptly won seven Lombardis, okay? Or excuse me, six Lombardis, and then Tommy went off in the sunset and won another one. And so imagine that, and Bob Kraft is feeling like my time is slipping away. And then look at Jerry. Uh, and Jerry has had this team, has had success, but since the Jaguars have been in existence, basically that was the last time they got to the Super Bowl and won the following season, which was in 96. And then after that, they have been on one level or another floundering in the postseason. And like we said, Dak's record in the postseason is two and five. Two and five. And I, I hate Look, they even, gave him the contract knowing that. Exactly. Here's the thing. I hate to categorize it as Dak's record. That's Dallas's record in the postseason with Dak He's at quarterback. He's a huge part of that. Oh, of course he is. Of course he is. But like I said yesterday, or watching yesterday, they gave up 48 points, man. Okay? 48 points. And, and you can't excuse away that. And that is effort, play design from Matt LaFleur, Aaron Jones, did he have uh, – he's one of my – Yeah, and one of our Nooners pointed that out too. Look at the Packers with and without Aaron Jones. He is one of my favorite players to watch. I I love Aaron Jones. And, and by the way, shout out to to Matty, my Modelo man, because you know he's loving it right now, but he's a diehard Packer fan. And and so Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon was not ready yesterday. No, he was hurt. He didn't play. And and, and they got uh, Alexander back after being hurt during practice, and they – both sides of their ball, okay, because who is it? Joe Barry on the defensive side? Yep. Tony yeah. Baselli's childhood BFF, by the way. Yeah. That part of the book of Bo, yeah. yeah. And they love clobbering him up there. They love clobbering him up there. And they thought, okay, back into that defense, they're going to struggle trying to defend CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, on and on and on. Well, Jake Ferguson had himself a, a, a night, but that was it. Nobody else – the C.D. Lamb-Dak connection was, like, the biggest just, like, so once that was off, you off. knew the whole offense was going to be off from there. And I know a lot was made about the run game and completely, you know, quote-unquote, abandoning the run. I didn't think they abandoned it quite to the, you know, extent the Jaguars did at times this year. But certainly Tony Pollard is a top-five player on your roster, is he not? Uh, Maybe is, if only he, on the well, offensive side of the ball. Well, you figure they said goodbye to Zeke and entrusted him with that, and he's done pretty well with it. It's still a passing offense, but don't dismiss what uh, he has done uh, for that football team. And, and so this was what happens. When you have all of that, this football team a year ago was a game over 500, and it just barely gotten in, and then everything was great and gravy. That team has won a dozen games three years in a row only to see themselves completely unravel in the postseason. And this will go down as one of the worst defeats the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, have ever suffered in the postseason. Not just Jerry's team. Not just Jerry. Not just Dak's team. No. Yeah. By the way, the Packers were 9-8 and eight and just snuck into the postseason. They had to win their last three yeah. to make it in. Just like, had, just like the Jaguars last year. And here we are. And, it got, and have gotten hot. And was it – was it the Baker game? That the Baker beat them? game, yes. And then they after that, they, they straightened it out. Yep. 
Well, they snuck one past the worst team in the league in the Carolina Panthers, 33-30. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's true. That was on the road. Then yeah. they, then Jordan Love outdueled Nick Mullins, 33-10, and then they defeated Justin Fields and the Bears to mm-hmm. advance the postseason. All right, so you're looking at, like, nothing overwhelms you. Take a look at the L.A. Rams. Nothing overwhelms you down the stretch that they were able to do. They almost lost to the Giants on the road. And then they went to the 49ers, and then they went on the road to Detroit. That's three straight weeks on the road, and you're like, you know, is this going to be a little sketch? Well, they were able to rest a bunch of their guys against the San Francisco 49ers in Week 18, but they didn't have enough uh, to outlast uh, my Lions in the end. So you're trying to figure out who who these teams are playing. How about who the Dallas Cowboys faced offensively with Jalen Hurts and them unraveling at the end? With the New York Giants, come on, they're just a little bit of a shadow of themselves. The Washington Commanders, mm-hmm. Not much there. Arguably their best win. I mean, they beat the Lions twenty to nineteen on uh the, the refs at, at the beat G- the Lions. But that, that was night. right. That was also the Jimmy Johnson game and there yeah. were question marks in terms of officiating. They got beat by a deuce against the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. They got yeah. they got absolutely bullied by Buffalo in the snow. Philly at that point was in as downward a spiral slash maybe that was when it began when they beat them thirty three thirteen. And aside from that, probably their their best win is what? A a touchdown or six-point win over Seattle Yeah, the it, end of November. By the way, Jimmy Johnson was amazing yesterday. He was awesome. Yeah. I he know. We, we need at... Coach's take on him tomorrow. Yeah. Um, because aside from the Seattle game, since their bye, here is who the Cowboys played. They beat, L- by, they beat the Rams by 23 mm-hmm. Halloween weekend. They lost to the Eagles. Here are their remaining wins. The Giants, the Panthers, the Commanders, the Seahawks, the Eagles – the Lions, Sagging and the Commanders. Eagles, yeah. And, and look, the refs hosed my Lions. They should have lost to them. But uh, real quick, we need to spend a minute on Tua in Miami. Uh, no isotoners. Uh, Tua and Tyree cooked up one time for one big play. That was it. They couldn't get anything else done. And the completion percentage really uh, down the stretch for Tua sagged mightily. So we definitely need to touch on that. We'll do our little weekend that was coming up in just a bit. We got to get to some college football. Yes, we uh, have to give this, a round of applause to yeah. the Miami Hurricanes. Somehow, some way, we now have undeclaring from the NFL draft. Josie, yeah. Cam Ward headed to Coral Gables as we speak. Why do you think uh, JJ is wearing his throwback, Jim Kelly? It's a good day, uh, number twelve, because he's so stoked. By the way, real quick, yeah, Caleb Williams still is not declared for the draft. And Today the is the last today. day. Today's the day. Today yeah. at four o'clock, last time. Yeah, and so. Uh, yeah, he's waiting and Maybe wondering. Maybe he'll come to Miami as well. No, he's waiting for the Bears to With say we'll shy give Bears you 1%. Are, and yeah. that's not happening. Bears are being shy right now. No, and, and then his, his dad thinks he can go in the supplemental draft. Yeah. And the NFL has to allow you to go in the supplemental draft. You can't just go in it. Yeah. And if you think the but, NFL is going to allow one kid to go in the supplemental draft, to circumvent its rules, to change the way they do things mon- monetarily, mm-hmm. you're out of your mind. Yeah. It would be. It definitely would be uh, historic if that were to to be the case. All right, so we got to get into some college football. JJ, you've got a nice giveaway right now. Oh, I have a great giveaway, Joe. Oh, yeah. He is clapping right now. Who's gonna work with this? Who's gonna work with this? Come on, on Joe. Are you getting ready to shimmy a little bit? Come on. Wow. This is why you watch the show on YouTube. All right, folks. I have. One year full Yo. year membership. <laughs> You're doing that too well, okay? There we go. <laughs> not there's anything wrong with that. I have one year membership to the YMCA of Florida's First Coast. 
Valid for up to a household of two. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, visit fcymca.org for more information or be caller number four right now at 641-1010 and I'll hook you up. It's Mokama Monday on XL Primetime. Head to the tap room at Fernandina Beach every day that ends with Y and enjoy some Mokama. We had a big time up at Mokama on Friday. You can do the same Tuesday through Sunday when they're serving up that great craft or today, any day of the week when they're serving up delicious coffee. Uh, I, I We need Mythbusters of Duval uh, because, honestly, I do believe there are some single-ply rolls of toilet paper that you could hang out the second-story window and climb down with, honestly. I, I think there's like some – Rapunzel. Yeah, there's some single-ply that would just stand the test of time. There's other single-ply that you can never, ever get out of the actual dispenser. You know exactly what I'm talking about. No, uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, in a moment. The single ply stuff? Yeah, when every single time you go for it, just two small It'll squares. It'll break apart just, in your hand. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And you have to then keep the, the one, one, one square, one square, and then, one square. Exactly, one square, one square. <laughs> and then the one that separates as if it. I didn't think it was possible that you could have something so thin that it actually had two plies to it. I think it's impossible. Uh, and, and yet, I'm telling you, there's some single ply you could hang out a second-story window and climb down with. I believe it. I believe it to be true. Now, I've blown my nose probably, what, you guys know this, the last five times a day. Yeah, exactly. Five times an hour. That's uh, it seems like yeah. that, that Christmas cold, I'm finally over. Uh, but anyway, you know, you just go in there and you reach in. And, and Maddie, remember, I busted my finger one time because I got aggravated with the dispenser. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> it was so bad. Because I could not rip the paper out of the dispenser. <laughs> so whoever it is, you um That's why you use a bidet. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, on the text I mean, I said, Hack it's twenty twenty four. Yeah. If you think about it, Hack's probably right. He's not alone, by the way. Did I tell you guys even when I was home for Christmas, mm -hmm. my, my aunt and uncle's house, yeah. they got like it's a bidet, but it's not like they, it's the attachment. They refer bidet. to it. They were yeah. They refer yeah, to it. Doesn't have a bidet. Yeah. Just the, well, I didn't use nuts. the bidet part of it. I Did Bo Valentine use the bidet? That I cannot confirm or deny. Yeah. I I use the part that's <laughs> no, like he did. I use the part that makes and it he like was a, raving about it. I use the part that makes it like a heated like toilet seat. Mm -hmm. That's okay. the part that I thought was awesome. I don't like that's, that. Uh, I like the heated lamp in there, and then I I don't mind the the warmth underneath me. I don't. Uh, it, it was just cold, oh, so man, I loved I just want to get in, get out. No, it was. Comfy. Most of the time, but every once in a while, you may have something you want to thumb through. I know? guess in the middle of the night, it is cold. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's true. The but text line is mostly. Is, I don't have to sit down in the middle of the night. Yeah. That's more of your exactly. Text line's giving you us do, crap about there's the a problem. Yeah. I don't know how. Like, okay, there. If you do that in the middle of the night, there is a concern. <laughs> if it's 2024, you're still using TP and not of a day. I mean, come on, man. Where did this come from? Yeah, like, I, I don't know that. I honestly, I like. It's name, like the Stanley Cup. I didn't know this many people had a bidet. Exactly. Like All the of a Stanley sudden. Cup, and I'm not talking about the hockey cup. Right. The Stanley Cup, which, if you don't know what that is, you're just like way behind on the times. It's yeah. like the new keeps your ice cold in a cup, mm -hmm. but like 
everyone has one. If you're cool, you have a Stanley Cup. And not They're a like Yeti, super, is that what you're Yeah, Yeti's so old and lame now. Wow. It's all I, about I, Stanley I, Cup, dude. I refuse to believe uh, that. Uh, dude, there's people standing in line at yeah. public, or I mean at Target. Come on. At four in the morning, waiting to get in for a Valentine's-themed Stanley Cup. Are they the same price? From or they Starburst. Yeah, well, they're like led. 50 bucks, but you could sell them probably for like 200 300 People bucks. are led around by the hand. Dude, uh, people honestly. will do anything that's like... If the internet tells you that this is cool now, then they're waiting in line at four in the morning they the next day. They're led around by the hand. People are, you are robots, people just dude. believe anything they're told? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, so bidet is the new yeah. Stanley Cup. Yeah, drink water out of plastic. Uh, don't drink water out of plastic. Mass. Drink so water out of a tap. As we transition to college football uh, in, on this lovely Mokama Monday Please. of XL Primetime, JJ, I, I love when we do this exercise, and uh, David Hale of uh, ESPN has – has so kindly already laid this out for us. So I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna give you quarterback A and quarterback B. Have you seen this on X yet? No, but I already know that Cam Ward has had turnover troubles. Matt was going to try to go through stats as Depress well. I, I don't no, care. No, 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 this isn't, this isn't about no, quarter. No, this no, isn't no, turnover no, no. trouble. Are you ready? Okay. okay, so quarterback A, a 70.8 total QBR, 65.8% completion percentage, average 8.1 yards per attempt, 5.7% touchdown per drop back, a 145.6 passer rating. Got Half it? of those, I don't even know if they're good. Are there any, you going to give us any turnovers in that? No, no, this is just, we're just doing that. See, we're going to get to that in a second. If right, these are Tyler Van Dyke's numbers, you have to put the turnovers in there. Quarterback like, B, 65, 65.2 total QBR, 66.6 completion percentage, 7.7 yards per attempt, 5.2% touchdown per drop back, 145.5 passer rating. Quarterback A is Tyler Van Dyke yes. in 2023. Quarterback B is Cam Ward See, in Tyler Van Dyke, I'm not a hater on him. But his, it's just a mistake. His, exactly. His turnovers were so brutal for stretches of the season that you just couldn't bring him back. Yeah, but when he's on... He's one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the country. Cool. He's got a huge arm. His problem is he can't read defenses. Yeah, and he, so and if you're playing anything again other than man, yeah. he sucks. And he's big and strong. He can take off and move. He can make stuff happen. Huge but, arm. Yeah, he becomes a liability. But you're at happy the with Cam Ward. Time. Well, I'm happy with Cam Ward over what we had, which was nothing. All I right, mean, so Miami I'm, had this guy from Albany. Puff and Puff, or whatever his name was. Puffle Puff, actually. And uh, that was literally the, the quarterback they had on the roster, him and Ja'Curry Brown. So, yes, I am very excited. This was the number one quarterback entering the transfer portal before this before yeah. any quarterback was taken. So whatever yeah. Matt's about to say, hey, hey, came the fact down. was he was the number one quarterback in the portal. <laughs> All came- I'm telling you is his, his, his TD interception ratio in nine games against ranked teams. You ready for this, JJ? Mm-hmm. 18 touchdowns, five picks. Very good, right? Mm-hmm. Solid. It's not great. That's 18 and 5 against yeah. ranked teams yeah. is really good. Yeah. However, Wazoo was 3 and 6 in those games. They went 3 and 6. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's about dubs. Okay. Well, yeah, but uh, dubs. I guess you'd have to like couch it on, you know, everything that happened in the game. Did the defense was with the Dallas Cowboys playing D in that in that <laughs> in that particular game? So that that's well, the part. I mean, they also had Jake Dickert as a head coach who knows when to kneel on the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All I know is I watched is about thirty yeah, minutes true. worth of YouTube highlights this weekend. Um, and I heard it came down to the guy looks great on YouTube. So I heard I'm it came down that. to Napier and Cristobal, the last two. Well, not, that's not what it was before he declared for yeah. the NFL draft, and yeah. so he went to the NFL draft. Then FSU decided 
hey, we got to go with the sure thing. They took DJU, mm-hmm. and Miami was like, dang, we put all our eggs in the Cam Ward basket. Thought we were out, but apparently he never hired an agent, and he decided, I guess, his grade wasn't good enough, and he's back. Didn't yeah. he get his grade like a month plus ago? I, I have no know. idea how that works. Uh, I, yeah, I, that's typically how it goes. He's known what? all along. That's typically how it goes. You, you, you apply to the NFL Draft Advisory Board to give you a grade. They give you a day grade. Within two weeks, typically. So he probably knew, I don't know, mid-December. And he's probably like was. trying to get more money out and of he, the of collection. Course, or I, I got no problem with that at all. Yeah, yeah that's I, I'm happy. Yeah, I, like, is, I was uh, so ecstatic I immediately called Matt. I screamed on the phone. I'm ready for Gainesville, <laughs> man. I hope you Gators are. The 1010 group chat, or the 1010 group chat, the XL primetime group chat was elite this weekend. We were, we were a roller coaster. <laughs> Leon's ready to win a national title. But, Leon know, thinks Cam Ward will carry you to the <laughs> promised land. And, and when you think of like the the way things have gone, how they've changed, and we and gosh, man, we talk about this all the time. How much has changed in our in our college football world or college sports world with NIL and transfer portal is that that is why it's taking longer. It's no longer just getting a grade and making a decision. It's playing that grade uh, to the hilt to say, hey, I could go pro. I've got a round one, round two grade. But what you're saying, you want me to to play for you? Uh, okay, what do you got to offer? And so this is now uh, a little sweepstakes that goes on, really, from sure. end of season sure. into this time of the year. That's a good what, 45 days? And I'm sure the Rick Ross dinners on South Beach help. Yeah, I remember oh when gosh. Leon was bashing that last week, and now here we are. It worked. <laughs> it worked out in the end. Um, All right. One more transfer portal quarterback that I do want to address because obviously it speaks to the broader picture of Kalen DeVore is now the head coach of the University of Alabama. In turn, Will Rogers, um, after transferring to UW from Mississippi State, sitting on the sidelines of the national title game, is back in the portal. Um, I I love this gif of Will Rogers at UW and it's Aaron Rodgers running onto the field at MetLife Stadium because that literally was his career with the Huskies. Yeah, but but it's funny. I wonder when he sees Jed Fish and and what he does do with quarterbacks, whether he'll change his mind or whether he'll just – look to to come to to warmer temps come south and and head where would he go though matt like yeah. where like especially because you have to be in i would have said go? miami he's but... gonna go to alabama is where he's going mm-hmm. oh he is gonna go. mm-hmm. wait yeah. well, what happens with milrow he's gonna compete yeah why not which i think is okay uh it's a novel idea and he certainly knows how he has seen these defenses before nothing much will shock him uh that's for sure all right real quick because we, we we gotta at least do this the the jed fish yeah Speaking to of. washington matt what else now you begged for this it one shoe drops it opens up sure. another job so on and so forth sure. arizona is not the most attractive job but they basically are now going to be looking around and it could include anybody from scott frost to uh dan mullen uh, honestly, but did you MLB did you see what Brett choice, McMurphy though. tweeted? By the way, which said, makes the job look even less appetizing. It was basically like, "Hey, Arizona had a chance to match mm-hmm. Washington mm-hmm. when it came to keeping Jed Fish, and the university said football wasn't that important. Exactly, to us. Mm-hmm. we're a basketball school, and they th- look they're they're not like one hundred percent in limbo. They're moving from one conference to another. The other t- conference is dying. This is a good opportunity. They're in the Big take, 12 next year, starting yeah, next year. Yeah, this yeah. is a good opportunity to at least take advantage and of Washington's, the situation, sell it that way. I, right. I I mean, look, I don't know if Dan Mullen wants to get back in. I have no idea. He may be mm-hmm. very happy in Ponte Vedra Beach. Who knows, mm-hmm. okay? But if he's not, that's a nice spot for him to get back into. Mm-hmm. 
It's a mm-hmm. nice conference to go into where if you do the right things, you can do what Jet Fish did there and win, and you can win and win a conference right? and get to the playoff. Yeah. All right, so you guys chime in on that, uh, the movement in college football over the weekend, 6-4-1-10-10. We'll do a little weekend that was rewind with all the big moments, and you guys definitely have chimed in uh, on the differences uh, this year versus last year with the Jaguars. Uh, complete and utter disappointment at the end. How much did it suck to watch the Houston Texans do what they did? That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, no, it's not Mike McCarthy. I know you're waiting. We are too. We're I'm hoping getting a little it nervous. happens before three o'clock or before the Bills and Steelers kick off at four thirty. Um, but speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, according to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, Cowboys defense coordinator Dan Quinn considered a candidate for the Seattle Seahawks vacancy, as well as maybe for the Dallas Cowboys, should they have a vacancy, will interview for the Panthers and Titans head coaching jobs on Wednesday, the Commander's job on Thursday, and the Chargers job on Friday. All of those will be over Zoom. Jim Harbaugh in Southern California today to speak with the Los Angeles Chargers as well. Uh, There's definitely going to be the carousel uh, lively, especially with teams getting eliminated. Uh, And then the Harbaugh factor is definitely uh, a fascinating one. And if you go back in time and you think, like, Harbaugh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, which is going to be the plum job as far as he sees it. But J.J. McCarthy's now made the decision. He's going pro. I'm not exactly sure where he is going to be mocked up the further along we get in the the draft season. I feel like he's a good quarterback, but I just don't know how great or dynamic uh, he is because we just – (laughs) not a lot was required of him. But anyway, Harbaugh will have to take a look carefully at all these positions and figure out where he can gain the most control uh, and where he thinks he can have the most success. Usually, Matt, that's tied to a quarterback. That usually is what they're looking at, and we'll see if that's going to be one of his overriding uh, factors. This is what I'm writing today, actually, at Saturday's Tradition. He also has to figure out, like – the NFL wasn't what it was in 2010 mm-hmm. when he left Stanford and everybody wanted him and he can just pick where he wanted to go. Right. He now has to interview. He can't just say, my resume is the trophy case. Mm-hmm. He can't do that anymore. He found that out last year with the Vikings, and then after that he said he's done with the NFL, and then here we are a year later, and he's interested again. He's interviewing with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's got to go into that interview knowing that he can't just say, my resume is the trophy case. He's got to have a detailed plan about how he can make the Chargers from a disappointment, develop them into a playoff team immediately. Right. All the pieces are there. Yeah. And maybe much more than that once you get to the playoffs. So he, I, I, I expect him to take a different tact this time around. And I expect he'll basically have the job, that whatever, whichever job he wants is what he'll take. Mm-hmm. And then he'll move on. I, I love Brett McMurphy. And you know, Harbaugh may be on his way to the NFL. So McMurphy doesn't know really how many more – uh, gigs or swipes he can send Harbaugh's way. So he says, this is his tweet, uh, Jim Harbaugh interviewing today with the L.A. Chargers. If Harbaugh ends up there, hope it ends up better than 2000, Harbaugh and Ryan Leaf were the Chargers starting quarterbacks. Mike Riley was their head coach. Paul Chris, tight ends coach. And Mike Sanford, wide receiver coach. They went 1-15. <laughs> so he's having a little bit of fun with him Pretty because, stuff, honestly – the Chargers have gone through the 21st century of uh, they're the great underachievers. They really are. Uh, they made it to well, specifically this year, no doubt. Even last year, for that yeah. matter. Yeah. Even they, though they had to go on the road the first the first uh, week of the playoffs, so yeah. they 
they were the clear favorite in that game. And they definitely had to deal with injuries. I totally get it. But take a look at what Camille, uh, Khalil Mack served up on the defensive side of the football. I know Austin Eckler was hurt quite a bit. Mike Williams wasn't there and all that stuff. But they've got a dude uh, that could sling it. And we'll find out whether Harbaugh goes in that direction. If you had to make a choice, I want to go coach the star and have Jerry be desperate enough Jerry. to give me mm-hmm. more control or go out to L.A., inherit Herbert, and right. and run with it? Well, I would think the L.A. job, number one, less pressure. Is that what Jim Harbaugh wants, though? I think he can number two, that part of it. It's, it's Justin Herbert by a country mile. Right. There we go. Yeah. Number two. And not have the helicopter Jones right. up above you. Yeah. And also, well, I, I think Jerry, I don't think Jerry would be bad as an owner right now. I, I think, think Jerry so wants either. to win so bad right now, he'll do anything. Yeah. So th- that right. wouldn't be my issue. My issue would be the quarterback. It's hard to turn down 20 mil a year. It's, yeah. I mean, it's Jerry's also, like, hey. Part of it, too, that we're not talking about, and we actually kind of hit on in the 12 o'clock hour with regards to teams that have a GM and a head coaching vacancy. The GM would in turn play a part in hiring the head coach, no? But obviously in Dallas, that's not the case. So I, yeah, I, if but, you're if you're Jim Harbaugh, do you do you say I've identified this guy who you know like let's say Joe Ortiz for example who worked who's been in the Ravens organization forever. My brother John swears by him. He's the next guy in line for a GM job. I'm bringing him with me because in turn we will have a working collaboration in which that will give me more power than I would have had in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he can do that now. That's kind of my point. I, I think he's just got to go there and say, here's my plan. This is what I'm gonna do. Because his the last time he was in the league, the problem was he didn't get along with the GM. Right. And you could say it was Trent Baalke's fault, and that's fine. All I'm saying is he didn't get along with him, and that's owners know that. So I, I think he has to go in there and say, okay, I'm going to go coach this team. And then if he goes a couple of years and they go to the playoffs or they go to the championship game, then you've got a different negotiating tact at that sure. point. Sure. But he's, he's negotiating, negotiating off of a natty and had taken a team to a Super Bowl yeah, and, he's, and, I say that all the time. He's a, he's a guy with playoff wins on his resume. Yeah, That's and the there's a little bit of a roadmap as to why he left. And so all those things can be discussed. Uh, well, yeah, yes, there and, is, no doubt. Yeah, so he, at the very least, he's not in there groveling, begging, or, but at or the trying end of the day, to explain what he can do. At the end of the day, Balky won that battle. I, I've now labeled him a receipt keeper uh, because I do think he He, he, he keep, did. He won that battle, yeah. whether you like it or not. And guess what? He might even win this battle, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. I, you know what I'd like for him to win? A draft battle when it comes to draft capital. You versus you. And get someone to take your offer, okay? When you have 13 picks, when you know that your football team needs many, many holes filled, do not choose to draft Ventrell Miller as your very first defensive pick in a draft class, okay? Do not, and do not let it come in the fourth round. Follow it. Fourth Fourth round? Fourth round. Follow it by Tyler Lacey. I'm trying to think of who was there when Tank Bigsby was. All right, hang on. Was it Kobe Turner? I'm trying to think of who it was that was right there. Let me see if I can look this up. Right around the time Tank Bigsby was drafted. It's just on and on and on. Uh, The fails when it comes to that draft class. You have got to get the character guys, Joe. Jimmy's and Joe's on your roster. And L.A. did it, the Rams. Detroit did it. Certainly the Texans did it. 
and you can go down the line with the teams that have been able to do it and and, and work with less uh, than what other teams were afforded. Remember when Bill O'Brien was run out? They gave up draft capital. Remember when they were dealing left and right to get the Laramie Tunsil, Tunsil yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and, and and letting go of Nuke and what was the Nuke deal? It was, no, Nuke it was for, D- David uh, Johnson in a David second. David Johnson, there yeah, you go. David Johnson in a second. Um, back to our conversation. Did, hang on real quick. Did Bucky draft Alan Smith? Was he the GM? <laughs> yeah, that's yes, his, that's yes, his calling so card. Was he, so was he like gun-shy about going after dogs because of Alan Smith? No. He, that, he, he goes he, after character guys from now on? Is and that I don't want to put I don't want to put words, but at least the conversation – the word was he saw Trayvon Walker. He saw Alden Smith, and that's why he wanted him. Traits. Because, yeah. And so yeah, Alden Smith was a turd. That's why he really never made it in the league. Alden Smith was a great player. Yeah. And he was a turd. Yes. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's what that's I'm why. saying. So did, did that. But my he, point is he now gun shy because of he wants character guys now no, instead no, of dogs? Maybe. But my point to you was that because both Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker were spotless. Right. He, Trayvon Walker had spotless. more of a ding because remember, right. the accident. He was Trip Balky was aware of. We weren't aware right, of until right. in, in, until close to to draft day. But anyway, those guys were fairly spotless, and he did see Alden Smith in Trayvon Walker in terms of a dy- dynamic, long, strong playmaker that they could develop like a mm-hmm. ball of clay with character. With character, yeah. exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, which you you do have to give Trayvon Walker that. I mean, he is very yes sir, no ma'am. Like, oh yeah, military yeah. family. So maybe that was to your point, Matt. Maybe, maybe it was. This is Alden Smith. But a higher ceiling and also has the character. Yeah, and, less question and, mark. and so far, I mean, now at least it finally looks like he's he's at least those guys are neck and neck. It doesn't matter which one's better than the other. They're both the same at this point. Yeah. As far as development wise. So you, you gotta give him credit for the pick. Right? Well, you you can give him credit for having the number one choice in all of football. And I, I understand uh, yeah. that. It's easiest to make that I get it. I right. get it. But it also how many of those teams in that spot would have taken Trayvon Walker? Not too many. Right. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and Aiden Hutchinson still looks good. Not like I'm not the guy who's trying to back Balky. All I'm saying yeah. is you got to at least give him credit for that. Yeah, the number one overall. It took him long pick. enough yeah, to exactly. develop. Yeah. Yeah. One more before we say hello to Denny Thompson in the 2 o'clock hour, and I think this will kind of bridge our conversation with him when we look back at this weekend's games. But also to our point earlier when we were talking about what is the Jaguars' identity? What mm-hmm. you know, it, it, Clearly the Lions' identity is grit. Your identity doesn't have to be grit. It can be something else. Dan Orlovsky just tweeted this, and I think it's, you know, it's an example of another identity you could have if you leaned into it. The Packers offense attacked the Dallas Cowboys with their identity. Get into 12 personnel, quarterback under center, motion, play play action pass, split the flow of the run game. The Cowboys were the worst team defensively against motion. Mm -hmm. And so Matt LaFleur said, you know what? I got all these fun little playmakers. I'm going to drive them crazy with moving behind the line of scrimmage and you know, faking them out here and left and there and everywhere. And the 12 personnel having those tight ends, the fact that they drafted two well, last both year. Both Tart and Musgrave, honestly, they, right. they all made plays for them. And so that's another example of, like, that can be your identity. Like, when we keep saying, like, this team needs an identity, like, it doesn't have to be grit, run the ball. Like, it can be something like that. Okay, but let's not forget this as we get ready for Denny because if you think we say grit when we say Detroit, and that is kind of Motown. That's kind of an identifier for them that's easy to say. But let's not forget, this team threw it all over the lot and scored with a bunch of different guys. The Laportas, the Amon Raz, the Jamisons, uh, you, uh, Josh Reynolds. You can go on and on and on with the guys that made plays for them. Then Montgomery. Then Jameer. Uh, it's in, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they were giving up their share of plays on the back end. They just played 
tough, tough football as well as damn good football. Let's not take that part out of the equation. All right, into the uh, 2 o'clock hour, Mokama Beer Company Monday. Our man, the Whisperer. Did he see one of those guys that came out of the transfer portal over the weekend? Let's ask him. Coming up on XL Primetime. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Register Sausage. And George Moore Chevrolet. One, two, three. Our dude uh, gets busy this time of year. It ramps up, that's for sure. Off-season work, combine preparation, coming out of the portal and heading to spring, whatever it might be. Denny joins us now. We'll hang out for a couple of segments. Uh, what say you, sir, after watching some super wild card weekend football? I enjoyed. I actually enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. And y'all know me. I don't really watch football like that. Yeah. But it was nice. We didn't have anybody playing yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yesterday. And Saturday. So, so, yeah, so it was nice. Just sat there with Walker and watched the games, you know, largely disappointed but in, in, in the way they went. But it was just fun to watch football. Man, Houston's playing some really good God. football. Just – Forget C.J. Stroud for a second. Can't. They just are playing good football. Yeah, they are. And how All much of around. that do you think? Because I brought this up earlier. The Bobby Slowick offense, what they've designed there, obviously a lot of it is, you know, because of what C.J. Stroud can and can't do. But that's what I said in the in the 12 o'clock hour. Those guys from the Shanahan tree, whether it's Slowick, whether it's look at Matt LaFleur and what they were able to do against the Cowboys yesterday, what is it about that offense that they're just unlocking – things that we didn't know were possible. Well, I think they do a good job of eye deception, like a re- which shouldn't really be a thing in the NFL because everybody's got gaps they're responsible for, and you're not supposed to really even pay attention to the ball that much, right, or, or motions that much. Um, but they do a really good job. It's, it's hard not to look at that orbit motion or the jet motion because you know they've got two or three things off of that. So the, all of them do a great job. You watch San Francisco, and they'll put that motion in at the perfect time. And, they'll, and you're like, how did that person get that open? So <laughs> they're elite play callers. But what I think, because I know a lot of these guys, I've gotten a chance to meet them um, through an organization called QB Collective mm-hmm. um, that, that I've been involved with. They're very good communicators. They're new school, like, hey, what is it? They, the, the conversation is, what do you see? What do you want to see? How do you want this run? Where do you want this run? Even down to the receivers. Do you want inside foot up? Do you want outside foot up? Like, how do you want to do this? And I think that's catching on. It's like you, you watch these Houston games, and, and, and CJ's throwing to spots when he's in pressure. He's not throwing to people. He's throwing to a spot knowing yeah. that that person is going to be there without a shadow of a doubt. And you just think about the difference in that and what we talked about here this year. Like, we needed to see that person there before we believed they were going to be there. And in Houston, man, it's just clicking right now. And they're, just, they're, they're really well coached. Just schematically, as much as anything. Correct? Well, they spread you out. They 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 do this thing. They've got a great thing. All these guys, they can spread you out, and then the very next play, they can hit you with twelve personnel with some motion that makes you feel like you should be wider. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, Even you're like, you just well, went heavy. A little yeah, bit, yeah, they squeezed us in, but dang, they may hit a jet sweep or they may hit just a little key screen or something like that. So we feel like we need to expand. And then once they have you in that, then they just hit you up the middle nonstop, nonstop, and they just outgap you. Um, and they're, they're just doing a great job, man. They're and executing at a high level, all these guys. Like staying on that, that battery of, of coaches, McBay, mm-hmm. like Puka is doing exactly what exactly. you're talking about, bro. And so, and he wheeled out, however you want to describe it, both sides of the football, uh, both sides of the field. And all Matt Stafford did was just 
put it yep. up in the air, and he ran right in. Matt Stafford has some elite throws last oh, night. Oh, yeah. Gosh, was it something. That guy is he's, – he's unbelievable. But even, even in those situations, like you take a guy like Matt Stafford, who I think everybody thought of as a traditional NFL pocket, just – man, he got out to L.A., and all of a sudden he's flashing these arm angles and these no-look yep. passes, and, and it just looks smoother and better, and they've almost given him permission to fail and, mm-hmm. like, get creative. Right. It's one of the things that we work a lot on. It's like that that self discovery of throwing in the game of football. Like, how do I want to play this? In I don't other words, have to you play don't have this. to do the same motion. No, okay. I don't have okay. to play the way my grandfather played or my uncle right. played or anybody. Like, I, I, this is a different game. And when you find that, when you're comfortable, that's when you start playing football. And it looks like Stafford's found that. And that's why I can't help but feel like, even if it's a quality control or passing game or run game coordinator, if you're Doug Peterson. You want, and he said this when he first got here, you want to have a room that, yes, you're all on the same page, but different schools of thought to an extent because that's how you can find ways. And you, so I, you, I just can't help but feel like as you're evaluating your staff these next few weeks, you have to go get somebody from that tree because no one's doing it better. Imagine, we've talked about this like at length off air, but imagine the conversations in Washington when all those guys were there. And imagine how many things on a daily basis they challenged, how many old ways they challenged. Like, that's what made these guys great. And if you don't have somebody in your locker room these days that's challenging almost every single, I guess, thing that you believe about offensive football, you're not getting any better. Mm-hmm. Like, defenses are catching up with you. And so I agree. I think you, every team should have somebody from this tree for no other reason than just – like, they're thinking about this differently than everybody else is thinking about it, and it's obvious. Yep. So I want to at least hear – what this is, how is your brain working? How are you seeing this differently than I'm seeing this? I, I just think that's wisdom at this point. Well, don't you study? At, the, at that point, don't you then, if you're any kind of offense, offensive assistant at another franchise, don't you study what Shanahan's doing? If you're a head coach, don't you tell your OC, your quarterback's coach, your receiver's coach, study their you game You can tape. study anything you want to study, but I want to hear it from their mouth on what the thought is behind it. Okay, I see what you're doing, but why are you doing? I'll use this example. Like I, I, I'll, I'll make this about one of my partners, Will Hewlett. You can watch Will. You can listen to him train all you want to, but you don't understand what he's doing here that he's about to do next and next and next because that's the way his brain works, and that's the beauty of it. That's the way these guys are. It's like, yeah, I'm doing this, and I know you're going to make this adjustment, and then I'm going to hop it ahead, and I'm going to do this if you do that. And I just got to have that in my locker room at some point. So one more for me, just on the same subject. Does that make sense, though, Matt? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. On the same subject, because obviously the offensive line has been a big question mark in this town. But when I look at the Packers' offensive line, when I look at the Rams' offensive line, when I look at the Niners' offensive line, certainly you have a Trent Williams. You have some pieces that we were alluding to, Avila, the the guard that they drafted out of TCU in the second round in the case of the Rams. And remember, the Rams were ransacked last year on their line, mm-hmm. and Correct. they cured yeah. all of it. Yeah. And, and, right. And, and so that's where I just – and you tell me. Like, I just can't help but watch those offenses and say, you don't need to be drafting in the first, second round with these guys. If you could just put them in the right position, or is there a certain trait they need to have – they are finding ways to move the ball out in space. I, I think the trade is more of like a holistic, complete trade. Of if My offensive line is probably going to be pretty good if my receivers are going where they're supposed to go and my quarterback knows they're going there. You know what I mean? Yes. And, my, uh, and my, my, my short yardage package is on point, so I find myself in second and four, and it opens up possibilities. So I, I have a hard time blaming like any one person when an offense looks bogged down because it's usually five or six different things. Now, I will Correct. say this about the offensive line. 
it seems to me, and I'm not an offensive line expert, but it seems to me like it'd be a pretty easy position to evaluate because there's a guy lining in front of you, and if he whips your butt more than you whip his, mm-hmm. we need to make a change, right? And so if whoever's watching these film, uh, this film is if that's happening, then yeah, I don't care if you, it's the first round. I don't care if it's the top ten. Like the single most important thing about football is the ability to throw, meaning I'm standing upright with the opportunity to throw a football. I can't do that if I've got pressure. Okay, so I mean, these are semi-dumb questions. That's what I uh, shine in more than anything else. Is that when you think of what Jordan Love was able to do huh. against the Dallas defense, and I'm looking for the numbers here, and I'm pretty sure it was in the neighborhood of seven of eight or seven of nine versus the Blitz. He ended up 16 of 21, 272 yards, three touchdowns. He obviously spread it out. So anyway, against pressure, when it looks like he's falling backwards, Denny. Um, how do you take something like that and say, Trevor, you need to deal with pressure around you? Man, listen, I'm obsessed with Jordan Love and have been obsessed with Jordan Love all year long. Um, This is a guy that didn't just sit behind Aaron Rodgers. He learned from Aaron Rodgers, and he has learned the way to throw a football in every possible scenario. Like, for again, challenging what people are thought. Like, there's sometimes i got to throw off my back foot, and you know what? This feels pretty good, even though I was told not to do it. He can throw from Matt Stafford the same way. So many different arm angles. And I think that's the thing. When you look at Trevor, Trevor kind of has to have a little bit of a halo around him because he's a little bit long, right? Jordan Rodgers, you don't even know he's throwing. The ball's coming to Jordan Rodgers. Jordan Rodgers, Rodgers. My fantastic. Bad. My bad. Yeah, my bad. Jordan Love, you don't even know he's throwing, and the ball's coming out, right? So I think that there's a little bit of, like, shorten up your stroke, learning how to play in a little bit tighter spaces, getting, again – self-discovery of I want to throw this ball out here to the right. What is that supposed to feel like if somebody is pressuring me from my right side? So it's it's a lot of grind. I got one other example that we saw from this weekend, and these are the things that are frustrating. I think Duvall uh, Nooners and me in particular is that it does look like Trevor feels the pocket faster than most, Mm -hmm. meaning he feels like it's closing in on him. I don't know if you watch this, but Pat Mahomes basically invites pressure. They do and then jets out of there. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's gotten guys to commit in his direction, and then he runs for you know whatever it was, 20 yards, and gets his helmet I cracked. think Trevor could do that because we're talking about guys that have like the suddenness trait to them. Mm-hmm. Of, I can let you get close, and I'm so sudden that I can escape, yeah. evade, and throw. Trevor has that same thing. Um, it's just there's a style, there's a fluidity, there's a confidence. There's like, I don't know, I don't know. There's something that I th- feel like you can build into that and get better at mm-hmm. every single year. We, I mean, we've seen Jordan Love do it. We saw him th- throw a couple years ago. It yep. didn't look like it does now. He is, a, he is a mini-me of Aaron Rodgers right now. Dude it's does not so need much deodorant. fun to watch. He does not need to No. Did you hear, uh, I came up with a solution for Trevor. The Nooners were asking, like, how do we fix Trevor? How does Doug Peterson fix Trevor? Said, same thing that Leonard Fournette did. Send him out to Wyoming. For two, mm. three months. Mm. I mean, what does that do? It's cold. <laughs> I mean, it, it, for what Leonard told us when he came back was that that was one of the most uncomfortable situations. He, like, removed yeah. himself from everything he used to do yeah. and everything that he believed was his training because he always had been the best and he didn't have to work extra hard. This made him work extra hard. and the, and was. What in if a, we just rephrased this, though? What yeah. if instead of we need to fix Trevor? Yeah. What if we just acknowledge that Trevor's 20 how old? 23. And this is just experience in another offseason. He knows what he needs to work on. But, but Because I don't think that there's, like, now it's up to him to work on it. Right. They're, they're good. That's where I wanted you to go. It's up to him to work on it. 
But there's so much growth that happens in those first five, six, seven years that I hate to jump ahead and go, man, he's bad at this or bad. He just has never had to do this before. And so now that he's had to do it, man, like now it's up to you, Trev. Like, but what does your offseason look me, like? So this is what I said earlier. Let me see, see if you agree. Every time he's played a football game since sixth grade, best guy in the field can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Even through college. And now it's a little different. Now he can't do whatever he wants. Now he's not the best guy in the field. Now you got to prepare more. You oh, no gotta, doubt. You got to prepare. Longer hours. I think what yeah. you got to focus more on what you're doing. So is that fair? To no, say that's that? fair. I think what Mia was saying is like get away from everything yeah, to yeah, where that yeah. can only be your thing. Um, Rocky. I don't in think. Russia. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he needs it. We don't live in New York. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not like he can't go anywhere and work out here. I think I, you're th- saying he's got to put the work in. He's yeah. Whether yeah. he can do that, I'm not suggesting with us. In fact, no. Like I enjoy watching the Jags. And with my family, so I'm not. I'm just saying, like he knows enough, and he has enough contacts and enough money and all that kind of stuff. That however hard he wants to work, he can do it anywhere he wants to do it. So yeah. now it's a matter of how badly. And this do you is, want. Honestly, this is the first adversity on a football field no doubt. that he has faced. Not named Urban in, in 2021. He, you know, yep. and so after success, he's faced adversity. All right, we'll keep it going. Uh, the quarterback whisper with us uh, at Denny underscore Thompson. Six points. You can definitely check him out there. Mondays on XL Primetime, brought to you by Mokama. Check out their great craft in the tap room at Fernandina Beach. Denny Thompson, the quarterback whisperer, hanging with us for one more segment. You can ask Denny some questions on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010, the number to reach us all at. Before I ask you about some of the movement in the college ranks, who's headed where, if certain quarterbacks are good fits, are head coaches stylistically good fits with different universities, Denny. Let's hit one off the text line. This is from the 508. Ask Denny what he thinks about the theory that both Trevor and Doug are too aggressive and one needs to be pragmatic and reel the other one in. The not taking field goals where available and the sack fumbles on forced throws can be directly correlated to losses. Two Billy the Kids um, and no Doc. Well, I, don't I mean, know I haven't thought is, about but. it. Um, just being honest, but I mean, hearing it on the surface, I I could see where that's coming from. I mean, they're both aggressive guys. They both like take shots. If you if you think about when they were winning, like we were griping because they weren't pushing the ball upfield. Yeah. Um, and then they start pushing. I'll the ball raise upfield. my hand. Yeah. yeah. They start pushing the ball upfield, and then you start losing. Um, but I, I still think like I still think if you just come into the season and you have your short yard situation fixed, you're still playing. Like if, if you just have a plan, I forget the field goals, forget all that stuff. If you just say on third and minus two, we know we're going to go for it on fourth down because that's where I would question is if you know you're going for it on fourth down, then just run the freaking ball twice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, yeah. if you don't know, okay, that's something different, but 15 games in, we all knew you were going to go for it on fourth down. Just run the ball twice, and I think like that's the easiest thing you can fix from a uh, team perspective that adds four more wins to you. Your schedule. You know, one thing that you brought up, and we got to bring up the transfer portal and some of the guys in the college game we before, have to. You, before we run out of time. But <laughs> one th- one thing you you brought up is that when you think about the success of Bobby Slowick's Houston Texans offense and McVay and Shanahan and all these guys that all learned and, and came out of basically at the same Shanahan egg, is that everybody knew where they were supposed to be, mm-hmm. not just the quarterback, everybody, and I. 
is is that a problem, a genuine problem here because the wide receivers and quarterback didn't quite know where where the receiver was supposed to be at a certain time and then Trevor wasn't obviously wasn't making the problem. I, I would love to know that answer. I would really love to know that answer because on the surface it looked like if we're talking about later in the season when they yeah. couldn't really get well, it yeah, going. Yeah, when all these problems cr- uh, it, it looked up. to me like defenses just had figured out like <laughs> these dudes ain't going 12 plays. Mm-hmm. They're going to mess something up. They're going to get a holding. They're going to and they just kind of sat back and was like, "All right, Golly. come on. I, if if you want to try it, we're going to give you this short stuff. We're going to make you go. We're going to make you go every now and then we'll press up on you." We're going to give you a box count that says you probably shouldn't run, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then you just don't know what to do. And that's what happened. And then all of a sudden you get into third and one. What do we do? They've got yeah. 10 people at the line of scrimmage, so we should throw. We don't do well throwing on that and that, in that situation. So I, I, don't, I don't really know what the answer is. That's the frustrating thing because it seems so simple to me, Joe. It's like it, it's, it's you got good players. And I'm not saying that this is a coaching issue, but it's – it's almost like we've made this more difficult than it needs to be. Your Jimmys and Joes can compete with their Jimmys and Joes every week. Let them compete. Let them go. Like, you run a five-yard out, we're going to get it to you, and you do something with it. Yeah, yeah. That's simple. That's simple. It's almost like a trust thing, though. That's all. That's, but that's what, that's what chemistry is. Chemistry is like, I know Joe. Joe does his job mm-hmm. every single day, and I trust that. I don't have to like Joe, mm-hmm. but I know when I come in – I can count that Joe is going to be where he needs to be, and I trust that, and it's happened time and time again, and then that gives us a chemistry. We like Joe, though. Right. But my point is, like, I don't need to like Joe. <laughs> but right? so, yeah. no, 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 as long as he's yeah. doing I mean, his job and I do my job, yeah. and it's That's all going in but harmony. You, but right. you also shouldn't be at the most elite level of football worrying about trust and, and, then and worrying that, about chemistry. That yeah. doubt creeped in, right, like you talked about. We don't, we, we don't know that we can get a third and one. Right, that, and I, I don't. I mean, I think you look at any you look at any NFL outside of New England, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you look at any NFL team, and you go to their fan base, and you go, "Hey, what team had great chemistry? What was fun?" We would say, like the 2017 Jags were fun to watch. The '96 Jags were amazing chemistry, like all that kind of stuff. Last year's team was amazing chemistry, but then there's other teams that just don't have that for some whatever reason, and it shows in their play. You you feel that, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if it's maybe the expectations got too high. I don't know what it is, but I think we all felt it all year long of these guys are playing with fire. They're not that good that they can spot these guys. They never played a clean game. We never. They it, never you know. played a full game. No, they never played to their ceiling. Zay Jones said it to me in the locker room after the loss of the Titans. He's like, that's the saddest part. I don't think we ever actually reached the ceiling. That's the hard part as a fan, too, is you had a good team, but you don't. You had, you had you never got to see them. You, you never, never got to see him play. And yeah. some of that is unfortunate because of injuries. But some of it is just, man, it's growth. And next year, if you learn from it, and now you, you approach this a little differently, then, okay, maybe it was worth it. Uh, the, the Kane Parade. The Kane Parade. Cam Ward. Cam Ward. I was at least going to ask about Alabama first and <laughs> about, soften our way into the conversation. How about, but how about all of a sudden now, we've got the quarterback at Georgia. We have multiple quarterbacks at Florida State. Now we have two quarterbacks at Miami. I don't have anybody at Florida. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, you noticed? <laughs> yeah. Do so, you know anything about these new cats that you, transferred in over the weekend? You'll, you'll have lag waivers. No, 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 no. Because I'm just saying, like, everybody's going to come after you. All of a sudden, I'm just pulling for everybody. Will you have lag waivers uh, before long? I don't know. You might. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I, I really, I, I, it's actually kind of fun because we're Florida fans. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun not to have that guy. Right, yeah. right. It wasn't nearly as much fun with Anthony as I thought it was going to be. Well, it's stressful. 
Yeah, it is. It's very stressful. Fans uh, are hard to deal with. I know y'all. Yeah, I know y'all know that. But. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we, we see them on the text line. I'm, I'm, I'm having to explain something to one of them right now. Um, but no, to Alabama, because the Kalen DeBoer to Alabama hire, number one, I know it was as we were on the air Friday, we're all looking at each other like, really? What? Like, is this actually a good match? So let's start with that, number one. And number two, who is his quarterback on opening day, 2024? I think it's Milrow. Let's let's start with that. I, I, I think Milrow's got a skill set that if you have an offseason to play in, you're going to have a hard time talking yourself out of running that kid out there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a lot you can do. I, I'm with y'all. The the hire surprised me, but then the more I thought about it, the more I thought there was wisdom in that hire because he doesn't have ties and he's not from the South and there's not like negative recruiting. Oh, but this is somebody who's had success and operates at a high level from somewhere completely different. And everybody's going to go, well, he don't know about the SEC. Well, he just played in a national championship game. Like, I mean, he's gonna he's got better resources now than he had at Washington. So if he could compete at Washington – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he can compete at Alabama as well. So you're around coaches a yeah. lot. What do you think about the personality of Kalen DeBoer and, and matching know up with this craziness that is the SEC? I, I don't. I don't know him. I have no idea. I, I will say that most coaches, I, I think, they do a good job of disconnecting from the craziness and just mm-hmm. it, they're very task oriented, and that seems to be the way he is. Um, and of course, you know, they they have to play the glitz and glamour because that play, that pays their bills. But I've talked I talk to all these guys. They, they don't ever talk about the stuff that we talk about. It is strictly, we've got to get better, and I've got to get this kid, and I've got to get a strength guy, and I've got to do this. It, it, nothing ever comes up about the pageantry. So it's like, I just wonder, can he recruit Matt in, in this but world? But, but like Denny said, he, he's, it's not, hey, success is not foreign to him. Recruiting is not foreign no, to him. No, but he also kept Robert Gillespie, who was a smart move. He kept Freddie Roach, a smart move. Two guys that are good coaches but better recruiters. So that's going to help him. And he's going to get a tie to the South. Yeah. He's a great coach. At the end of the day, he's a great coach. He's won, what, he was 108 and 12 or something yeah. in his uh, career. He's, who's he's, the recruiter he just I mean, lost to Georgia? That's uh, T Rob. But T Rob might come back because T Rob apparently wants the, the Georgia DC job um, without the co on it. In other words, bye bye Glenn Schumann. And I don't know that Jeez. Kirby's going to do that. Right. Wow. I don't know if T-Rob's going to get that's what he demand. wants, which may wow. mean he goes right back to Alabama. Yeah, that's that's what allegedly is going on right now. Yeah. And he's a very good recruiter. Oh, he's, T-Rob has been an elite recruiter since, gosh, I remember him recruiting this area in 08, mm-hmm. 10 maybe, oh, wow. something like that. Like, I so, mean, he is. Uh, Kirby been, could easily make him like associate head coach or right. something. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, that it, might there was a time that desire to have. Well, there was that. a time people did that. Will Muschamp yeah. was yeah. like, wherever I'm going, give he's me going. that extra title. But then yeah. that does go back to what we said: is that Kalen DeBoer is a proven X and O guy, developer, yeah. all this stuff, developer of quarterbacks. But, but does he have? In other words, if T. Rob doesn't come back to him, you still have to know where to turn, who to talk to when it comes to getting on. on well, I high think this campuses. is pretty simple. Like, if you're recruiting my kid, then what I need to see is I need somebody who, at least, I think cares about him. Right. Right, and then I need. Can you develop them? Which they obviously can. Mm-hmm. Right. What are your facilities like? Not because I want the glitz and glamour, but I want to make sure he's got every possible thing for him to succeed right there. He answers all those questions. And what is your schedule? Okay, is he going to be ready? Mm-hmm. He answers all those. Yeah. So I mean, all the things that he needs to get in the living room, he's already got. Now, if you get in the living room, now you got to beat out what Georgia, Ohio State, right. is who else? LSU. 
Yeah, yeah you could throw FSU in, the, in there now. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Well, they don't have the facilities. They can't answer those questions. No. I'm talking no. about the people that you can sit oh, in I and you. not negative recruit, but go, here's what we can do that nobody else can. I got you. There's only like four or five of them. That right. is true. That well, is true. Speaking of T-Rob, let's hit a that with Denny Thompson real quick, JJ. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right on cue. One minute ago, Chris Lowe reported that Traveris, yeah, Traveris Robinson interviewed with new Alabama head coach Kalen DeBoer for several hours yesterday for the D.C. job. He has decided to remain at the University of Look Georgia. At Look mm. at Matt. Mm. Look at you, dude. Well, I mean, it's I mean, let's see what happens <laughs> in Georgia now. He might have gotten I, something. He allegedly wanted that. Again, this is there's I can't even imagine Kirby's going to demote Schumann. So there's got to be some way to get both those guys in that staff. And the pay. And, and it could be as easily as Will moving up and going into being an analyst role, because I'm sure Will wouldn't mind doing that at all. I thought he already did. And I thought he already took a step back. He did? He might have. So. He yeah. might have. So then you, so then he slides in there as Cody. See, I, I don't, from what I have heard from different people is that T-Rob wants that title. He deserves period. it. Period. He deserves mm-hmm. it. He wants that D.C. title alone. Well, I don't think I don't think Kirby's going to move Schumann out. I yeah. All right. Uh, Denny, good stuff. Uh, as yeah, always, say hello to your lovely bride. Of course. We're rooting for her for yep. sure. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, at Denny underscore Thompson, six points. Definitely check him out. It is XL Primetime. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, just as the deadline hit, Caleb Williams declares for the National Football League draft. Not the supplemental draft as we thought may happen. He's not going to try to He's just play it. zig while everyone else is zagging. Yeah, playing yeah. it to the last hour. Hour and a half before the deadline, he will be entering the NFL draft and is expected to be the number one overall pick. Well, will Caleb Williams be like C.J. Stroud about this time next year and debut as a rookie in the playoffs and win? The Weekend Rewind, brought to you by Cycles of Jacksonville, the big boy toy store for big boy toys. Stroud and the Texans are officially here. As this one goes to Brevin Jordan, the tight end, makes a man miss, and then shows off the speed. Jordan, pedal to the middle. He's gone. Touchdown, Texans. 76 yards. Flacco dials it up. Picked off again. Christian Harris is going to go. Back-to-back pick sixes. Houston, you have no problem with this defense. Fear the Chiefs. Mahomes, running across, Rice brings it in to the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. What an opening drive. Balls in the three, direct snap. Pacheco fakes the pitch, bounces left into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Cowboys were frauds. Here's Prescott over the middle. It's going to be picked off, and no one in front of him. Darnell Savage, touchdown. Love zips it in there. For the touchdown, Romeo Dobbs. The Lions finally did it. Fourth and a long yard. Two for the touchdown. Goff looking to throw. Throws back the end zone. Laporta. Touchdown, Detroit again. They're three for three. And Detroit for the first time in 32 years. Your Lions have won a playoff game. Have at it. Your Lions, Joe. My Lions in the first and forever that they'll have back-to-back weeks of hosting a playoff game. Uh, it is rare air in that Honolulu blue, and uh, that's who I'm rooting for because I can't get over the fact that uh, this team could have been doing that to Flippin' Flacco. I really believe that that, you know, that expiration date had hit, 
Uh, it was like Cooksey's campground back in the day. You pick up those Van Camp beans and they hadn't been sold and they just dust off the rust and put them back out there for sale. And Flacco was, he was going to go down. And when it happened, it wasn't going to be pretty. And that's what they did. And <sighs> Houston Texans now on the AFC South, unfortunately. Uh, Big Boy Store for Big Boy Toys. You can find it at Cycles of Jacksonville. Don't have that type of weekend. Have a fun weekend. Head on over. Check out the showroom on Atlantic near Reachy, where they're about to debut boats from the Honda line. Looking forward to that. Uh, but honestly, when you guys think about it, the biggest stories, and you can't ignore a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach coming out of wildcard weekend and winning as one of the biggest stories. You cannot ignore it. And that's where we are. I thought this team would be ruling the AFC South uh, for years to come. Ain't happening. At least not right now. Quickly, too. Until they make some changes. We'll see what they do. Changes wise coming up. Now, the two minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. We hand it off to the Francis show. They are coming up next. And, uh, Francis, I saw something I didn't like over the weekend. What'd man. you say? The flipping Houston Texans. Yeah. I did not good. like what I saw. Pretty good. The cool. The quarterback's really good. Yeah. The quarterback's really good. Yeah. Have you heard? I did not like what I saw. The quarterback's really good. Listen, listen. Play caller's pretty good, but he could be staying in the AFC South. Yeah. And I uh, could just go to the Titans. Yeah. I think, he, I think, I think he's going to get – I think Bobby Slovak's going to get that Slowick. job. I think yeah. that's who's going to get the job. Really? I, I do. I think he's going to get the Titans job. I think I think he is going to stay there. And that's that basic yeah. line you steal from your enemy yeah, to, you yeah. know, wink at them and strengthen you. Yeah. They're, they're, listen, it's going to – the league changes every overnight. Yeah. And I and I and I'm not as down on what the Jags have as everybody else does. I think they they improve their interiors. The Jags can play with any of them. But you're right though, Joe. The the Titans are special. They the, they they. I mean, I'm sorry. The Texans, Texans are, yeah. and they got special fast, didn't they? Yeah. They got. You know, I think part of it is D'Amico Ryan's has got people they trust, they like. Um, they've got draft picks. They hit on them. And Stroud's special. Stroud and the receivers are special. Yeah. But here's the thing. I, I said, was Nico Collins special a year ago? Well, he's fast, though. He was always fast. He was he, fast. Yeah, but he, I mean, but he's, like, he's, got he's, like, he's like really fast. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he, he's like, I mean. And big. Yeah, he, there yeah. were people saying if Casario didn't hit on all these picks this year, yeah. which obviously he yeah. hit on almost every one of them, he, his job could have been on the line. But, but, he, but, he, but he's fast. Mia. He's, he and Tank Dell together when they're both healthy, mm-hmm. that's the fastest pair probably in the league as far as just fast. I mean, the right. Dolphin two guys are fast, obviously, but that's. But those guys are really fast. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, Joey. I, I didn't like it either. Nah. Like it. It's weird. How about the Cowboys? I know you guys have probably talked about. Oh all yeah, that. but like, is Coach uh, Campo with you today? No, no he, tomorrow. He will be tomorrow but oh my goodness, I want to hear that. I open I'm gonna, up. I'm going to sit. You know what? I'm going to put up. Sit right there when he comes on, and I'm not going to move. I want to listen to every bit of that. I opened up the show. What in the Dave Campo just went on oh, down Dallas? Goodness. I mean, wasn't, wasn't that wild? Oh, so was, what do you what do you do? The guy's had three straight 12-win seasons. You fire, you fire, you fire the guy who had three home. straight 12-win yeah, seasons. God, you fire him. I guess it's going to be out. We'll see. We'll see. It's a, it's a crazy thing. Don't you not fire him? Well, I know I hear you, but he, he has had three straight 12-win seasons. I mean, he, but he's only one. Are you going to hire somebody? They got annihilated yeah. at yeah. home. Hey, I, got, I, got one for you. I got one for you, by the way. Mm-hmm. Just a uh, well, quick college note. And maybe I knew this. I just wasn't paying attention. The, you know, on three has these portal rankings. Yes. yes. Have you seen the portal? I, I didn't oh, yeah. know this. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, so In both football and basketball, the portal rankings. Portal, okay. I looked at the portal rankings. Florida State's fourth. Yeah. You know where Florida is in the portal rankings? Where? 50. 58. Yeah. 58. It, 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 Let it, me put that in perspective. That means 57 teams are ahead of them. Yeah. 
He is right now, Billy Napier, on hold. And I, Cam Ward still says, I, yeah, just, yeah, can I put you yeah. on hold for a second? I, I He's guess. still so on hold. You've, you've come over to the side, well, I don't want to come to the side. Oh, come, come. It's over. more fun on this side. I know it is, but I don't want to. I'm, so, you know, I'm fighting you, and I'm pushing. I'm well, here's the back. worst part about it, Frank. You're 58th. Now, now your, your answer, Jed how Fish. You if yeah, if you're 58, how are you 58th? Yeah, it's your, impossible. Your answer, Jed Fish, is now off to Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now. Yeah, but you know what? I thought about this with Jed Fish. He changes jobs about every five minutes. So if you if he's, he's gonna be in the down NFL, there. he's gonna yeah. he's, he'll be in the NFL. Just in, go get Kiffin. Well, yeah, I don't understand. Just go get it. Right, so all that coming up. I took up too much of your time. All that coming up today. Just look at Joe. Look at the look on Joe's good. face. Yeah. He wants that so bad he can taste it. It's just Billy right now is still on hold for Cam Ward. He says, "Let me just get right back to you. I'll hold. I'll hold. I'll hold. All right. I'm trying to reach Cam Ward. <laughs> if I could just get a minute of your time." Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Hey, Frank, come back in here. Maybe <laughs> maybe we have a role for Billy Napier. Maybe he can help voice the Underwood Jewelers commercials. Yeah. I'm thinking that might be his calling. Yeah, the his Clayton would calling. not allow it because Clayton right. is an Alabama fan. Clayton's very good at it, too. <laughs> and he is very good at it. But, hey, if he needs an understudy, maybe that's uh, what Billy mm-hmm. Napier can do. Uh, my other takeaway, building off of our, um, you know, are that that Caleb Williams has entered the 2024 NFL draft. Interesting little tidbit from his Instagram announcement. Quote, I still have a lot to learn and I'm ready to do whatever it takes. As a kid, I said this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life, but I didn't work this hard just to reach this point. I will continue my journey to make that little kid proud of the man I will be for many years to come, Um, which says to me, somebody got in his ear and said, the the, the word's out, you're a drama queen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Probably not a new word. My takeaway is, my God, it looks cold in <gasps> Buffalo. Oh, and yeah. These fans are literally trudging through snow to get to their seat. It's incredible. In the stadium. Yeah. I hope they the have stadium. snow pants on. Yeah, that's oh, uh, that's boy. something. Uh, my my takeaway is that three teams you saw saw over the weekend have three of the top draft classes in America. Uh, in the Los Angeles Rams, without a first round pick. Uh, in the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans. What are you doing, Trent Baalke? We are done. We say thanks to Mokama Beer Company. You can count on them. They definitely have those proven recipes. Craft beer Tuesday through Sunday. Coffee every single day of the week. And check out their brand-new Wildlight location, Nassau. Head on up there into Wildlight, as well as their beautiful tap room tap room right there on South 8th Street in Fernandina. Mokama Beer Company. Joe C. Mio, Brian Matty Hayes. We'll have Big Surge back with us manana. JJ, take it away.